Number one, Star Wars. Number two, comics. Number three, Lord of the Rings and the Hobbit. Number four, Mario. Number five, Weird Al. Number six, Batman. Number seven, Cal. Number eight, The Simpsons. Number nine, TV. Number ten, every single band that I stole all their MP3s. But before they all sold out, they all together. Are you with me now? Hey everybody, welcome back to Nerds Ruin Everything. I'm Logan. And I'm Adam. And we're going to talk about a whole bunch of crap, but... Uh, <laughs> yes. <laughs> I, uh, I I want to start with a tech question. Uh-huh. Um, we don't talk about a ton of stuff like this, um, but do you use a VPN? Um, <laughs> it's funny you should ask that. Um, there are sometimes because okay, so like okay, so like a little bit backwards, like let's go, let's roll back. Um, I work in tech, I work in healthcare tech, but like um, that that kind of tech work and uh, what I do, I'm a I'm a programmer, I program stuff, but what like I deal with people's sensitive data, so like everything that. I do is all security based and stuff. So I'm very like, I know how to use VPNs because we do that on a daily basis. Um, uh, and I have access to my own VPN and um, I use it occasionally for things, um, things that maybe, I don't know, like, you know, like there's some really good stuff streaming elsewhere that, you know, a VPN can hide, help hide your IP address to maybe get access to that we don't we know that we're maybe never get or um, we just don't have right now. <laughs> um, I'm not gonna say nothing more than that, but yes, I'm very well aware of how to use a VPN uh, and what a VPN is. <clears throat> yeah, I have to use one for work too, um, mm-hmm. but I've never uh, I've never much uh, like thought about using one privately, mm-hmm. you know, for my personal stuff. Yes, it protects all kinds of things, but so um, here lately, I've run into an issue where um, I can't be certain, but I think my internet company is like throttling things, and so because... You know, sometimes I want to watch things that, you know, I can't find other places. So, I, you know, can sometimes go to scrupulous means. So, it it is what it is, you know. I buy things where I can. um, And if, you know, they're not there to buy, I don't know what to do other than, you know, to look for them. So, yeah. I was having some trouble uh, trying to watch, uh, well, Essex County. I've talked about it. I was having trouble trying to watch it. It is not available uh, anywhere that's streaming here. So um, I've wanted to finish it. haven't been able to. Uh, I got through the second or third episode, and holy shit, like... There, it's a gut punch of a show. Um, oh. Okay. And and I'm like, I want to finish this. So, for weeks, mm-hmm. I haven't been able to. 
um, it it would just be oh, frustrating trying to to get it. So I was googling some stuff, and of course everything says like make sure you're using a VPN. Make sure. I was like, you know, I've just never worried about it, and I've never felt like I've had to. So mm-hmm. um, Ryan used to use ExpressVPN um, for because he used to watch a lot of stuff because he didn't work because of his health conditions and so he was at home a lot so i was like you know what i'm gonna give this a go so i downloaded expressvpn put it on my fire stick put it on my phone and uh i was playing around with it last night and fuck the scrupulous stuff if if you Download ExpressVPN, pay for it. It's like $100 for a year, which is pretty good. Um, yeah. I, there's a lot of shit available in other, other countries on different platforms that we don't fucking have here. <laughs> so, yes. I just, <laughs> Australian Netflix is pretty fucking dope. <laughs> well, have you, okay, have you seen Disney Plus in Europe? Yeah. No. <laughs> like, that. Okay. that's... That's my next venture. Uh, for like two hours last night, I got stuck in a like a Netflix rabbit hole that, that <laughs> I have not been in, and I don't know how long. Like finding like all these really like cute looking Australian shows. One I watched a preview for that's just about these like elementary school kids and what what they get into during recess. And but it's filmed to like The Office, and it looks so fucking cute. Like I was like, I love this man. <laughs> so it's like That's... adding all these Australian shows to my Netflix queue. Oh my god, dude! Have you heard of the uh, like? That sounds like the Japanese show uh, where they have the little kids do. Like, I can't remember what it's called, like Big Task or something, where they follow the little kid doing like a big task in the big world like he has to go get like milk from the store or something and they follow this little child <laughs> around sounds adorable. Have you heard? <laughs> it's it is like um let's see let me see here um let's see i i cannot remember what it's i think it's called old enough maybe maybe that's what it's called um it's just basically yeah yeah it's called old enough and it's in it's a this Japanese, it's kind of this, it's a kind of a game show. I mean, it, it's exactly what you expect from like, you know, the Japanese and a game show. Like it, there's a little bit of cruelty to it, but it's all done in well and good and like, you know, in a very like secure environment. So it's not like these kids are gonna have anything bad happen to them, but like, you know, they have to go to the store, like mow the lawn. And th- these are not like kids that are like eight or nine these are like three to five year olds so like it's like i love it man that that sounds like such a fun little i mean maybe not something you want to binge but like just light-hearted enough to be you know fun funny and not so damn dire because like so i mean i i love a lot of american tv most of what i watch is american tv but like, yeah. there's a lot of cynical shit. <laughs> like most American TV is has a cynical bend to it. So sometimes, and, and I am very much for the cynical, 
but yeah. sometimes um you know i need that like i think that's what attracted me to the night court reboot is that it's not cynical yes. um it is kind of goofy and dumb and lighthearted and uplifting um you know which is funny because the the original show did have a cynical like edge to it um mm -hmm. but uh but yeah most <clears throat> so like to be able to watch other things like that and you know understand like why why they're not necessarily like available here um it, you know a lot of it's probably rights issues but you know it's just, I don't know. Yeah, I, I'm having a blast with it. Um, I know okay. that HBO Max or Max or whatever it's going to be called isn't available everywhere. Um, so I, I want to Google that because um, I know that a lot of the CW stuff, since the CW is not a worldwide thing, uh, yeah. A lot of those uh, Warner Brothers properties, like that, they're just on HBO Max uh, in other countries. So it would make it a lot easier for me to catch up on like Superman and Lois or Hate Watch Gotham Knights or something like that, <laughs> rather than having to deal with the the CW's uh, bullshit app that yeah. uh, is just. Not great, and if you miss two weeks in a row, well, no, I think you can watch up to, like, the three previous episodes. But if you get too far behind, you can't really catch up until they're available either on HBO Max or Netflix or wherever they show up. So, or unless you use scrupulous means. So, which, you know, I guess you could argue that uh, VPN swapping is scrupulous, but like the flip side of that is it, it's like the when we were kids the old advertisements in front of like uh baseball and football games and like this is you know mm -hmm. property blah, 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 blah. and you know you're not supposed to record shit off a of tv for rebroadcast and but they'll sell you everything you need to do it and the the idea just being as long as you're not making money off of it so you know, I pay a Netflix subscription. If I flew to Australia and signed into Netflix, all these things would be available to me. So, <laughs> you know, um, it's it's just it, I knew that 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 was a thing, but it kind of just blew my mind to log into Netflix in another country and see uh, friends in the office and. <clears throat> What else is on there? Um, uh, the Good Place, uh, Brooklyn Nine-Nine, like all on Netflix. And it's just kind of cool, you know, that I could, you know, I have to switch apps if I want to watch. If I wanted to program my own like must-see Thursday comedy TV night kind of thing, like, well, I got to switch through like four different apps to watch those old shows and but i can log into australian netflix and they're all on the same platform <laughs> <laughs> um it, it, yeah it's weird how like streaming outside of the u.s works like and how much stuff there is like how much stuff that they sell to other companies 
so that they can make money because like Max, it's not everywhere. Like or HBO Max. I, I'm gonna still call it HBO because yeah. Max is stupid. I mean, especially after the CinemaCon shit and all this other stuff. Fucking oh man, I'm so just. Ugh, ugh, I, I'm done I with do them. agree with all of that. I heard a defense yeah. of the dropping of the HBO this week that I uh-huh. thought doesn't Max is still a stupid name, but yeah. Um, the dropping of the HBO, like the the reasoning that they were, it was on the film cast that they discussed behind it. I was like, ah. oh shit, that actually makes sense. But sticking with Max is dumb. You should have just rebranded with an entirely new name. Yes, you really should. Like, if you're going to do something, don't, like, well, but this is the problem with, with H uh, with Warner Brothers uh, Warner Brothers data data discovery or I'm sorry discovery uh, I'm sorry I'm not trying to be an asshole but I'm coming off like one and I'm okay with that um, uh, but like that's the problem with with um, Warner Brothers is that they're doing half measures they keep on doing half measures don't do the fucking half measures if you're gonna do something. If you're really going to do something, rip off the band-aid. Don't do this, oh, well, we're going to kind of... Because, like, that's how they did it. Like, they did HBO Max wrong. They launched it wrong. But Which, in Zazoff's defense, we give the guy a lot of shit, was not him. Was not him. Exactly. But it's a symptom of this... Okay, look, this is a whole huge corporate entity, right? So, like, if you guys are going to be fuckers about it, then let's, let's talk about the whole fuckery of it all. And... Like they started off Max really shaky. Like they mm-hmm. like it was just ridiculously stupid. But then they got a firm hold on it. Like they groped yep. us in with this whole day and date stuff, right? So that I could watch like Dune. I could watch that at home at a time when I was caring for my like we were caring for my grandparents, one of them who had cancer, who I couldn't go out even in a mask. I couldn't go very many places. I got to see Dune on my big screen. Like, at the same time, everybody else went to go see it in the theater, right? Like, we had that option. So they roped us in with that stuff and then more and more content. And then they got us to a place where we, like, you know, and HBO became. app experience. Like, it's still not great, but it's it's as good as anything else. Like, uh, interface-wise. Like, uh, it's it still, it always blows my mind that of all the big ones, Amazon Prime is still, like, to me, the worst fucking interface. Um, <laughs> oh, my God, yes. Oh, my uh, God. I, oh, Jesus. I, I don't love Apple Pluses unless I'm on my phone. On my phone, the Apple Plus interface is great. On my Fire Stick, yes. it's shit. But I think that's by design. <laughs> um, yes, it uh, is. <laughs> because if you have an Apple TV, if you have an Apple TV, it's the same interface. And yep. it's beautiful and it works and it's in conjunction with all of your the thing that I like about it is that there's no delay, there's no skip. If I want to jump to a show, like what I like about the uh, about the Apple TV app or the Apple TV in general is that the Apple TV interface interfaces with the other apps 
even like stuff like Netflix. So like if I've watched four different shows on four different apps, if I just go into the Apple TV app, it'll tell me um, Ultimate Spider-Man on Disney Plus. Do you would would you like to resume that episode? Would you like right. to resume um, Mrs. Davis on episode two? Would you like to resume Ted Lasso? Like it just gives it to me right there, so I don't have to go into the fucking app. Find the fucking where where I left off because every app is different. And that's what pisses me off is that, like, there's no consistent – like, I understand each of them are going to be their own, own thing, right? But there should be a few qualifiers. Like, on the fucking front screen, the first fucking screen I should see is not an ad for your newest bullshit. I don't care about your new flaming fuck. <laughs> I want to watch what I want to fucking watch, right? So, like – the first thing should be on any of these apps is, would you like to continue with the show that you last left off on? Or yeah. four options. Like, would you like to watch this or skip to main menu? Give me that. Don't fucking give me an ad. Like, I mean, and I'm like, you know, we're both adults here, right? We're both in our forties. We're both like, whenever we pay for something, we're going to pay for the non ad tier bullshit. Because why do I want to watch? Like I spent 40 or I spent 35 fucking years watching ads that i didn't want to watch i still have to watch them on the fucking whenever i watch nba nfl like like it's horrible right like i don't want to watch ads i don't give a shit about whatever you want to sell me i want to watch what i want to watch but okay fine that's the deal i make but with streamers i'm paying you my money so what you're telling me is there's a lesser tier where i can pay lesser money but I'm still gonna get. I'm gonna get ads. No, I'm not gonna do that. I'm a grown adult. I don't want ads. Right. <laughs> the only thing I do that for. Well, no, I think I. I don't think I've upgraded to the ad-free Peacock. I need to. Um, I just keep. Oh yes, to. you do. <laughs> um, yeah. But uh, I. I just haven't yet. Um, the I, I'm still on Hulu with ads because I bundled it. With my Spotify, because I got a deal where I get Spotify and Hulu both for $10 oh, okay. a month. Yeah. And they didn't have an ad-free Hulu yeah. thing for that. I'm like, oh, that's a really good deal. But like now, every time I watch Hulu, I'm just like, I should just redo this. <laughs> I'm so tired, especially the Hulu ads. I guess the Peacock ads don't bother me so much, because it's usually either like some like national product based shit that I'm just like, eh, that's fine. Or it's an ad for like their stuff, you know, or, or a movie or something like that. It, it's a national advertisement. Hulu does like, they do the national advertisements, but like from uh, probably late summer through the end of November, every other fucking Hulu ad is a local, uh, political ad and oh, it drives me oh, insane <laughs> oh, that's like okay so during election season fucking youtube goes off the fucking mm -hmm. chain with that shit like literally there was a point like okay i don't understand hitting your tv when your team loses like I, I like I like we've all seen those stupid videos and like you know everybody trying to get clout because it's all staged but I will tell you, I want to go Michael Keaton, uh, uh, Mr. Mom, on my fucking TV if I have to see another, like, you know, county assessor ad on YouTube about, like, I know, I, I know Richard, Richard Smith county, uh, for county assessor because he was, you know, uh, LAPD's accountant better than I know some of my work colleagues. Like, 
I don't want to know that. I don't care about the county assessor position. Even though I should, you've made me hate that because of your stupid ads, you do. Yep. Thank you very much. Uh, goddamn algorithm is so wrong. Um, you know, yeah. this is why <laughs> like, I fear AI. <laughs> I'm, like, I'm going to go to the polls and I'm like, whoever I didn't see a political ad for, that's who I'm voting for. <laughs> Like, oh, that name doesn't ring a bell, so that's who I'm going to vote for. Because exactly. they, they didn't have enough money to bombard me with stupid advertisements. <laughs> so, Well, like, like, my first question is always, are they a fucking fascist? Because if they are, I'm not voting for them. And then the next one is, did you fucking annoy me with your fucking ads because you're super rich? Oh, okay, I see how it is. Yeah, you have no interest of my shit. Because how can you when you're running fucking $2 million worth of ads on YouTube? Which equates to, I feel like $2 million in ads equates to, like, everybody in your district, every time they log on to Hulu, you had, they have to see that damn ad of you. Like, you know, whatever whatever thing that you're posting for. And I'm like, Jesus Christ, please stop it with this stuff. I wish I could go. Like, the thing is, is that I cut the cord. Yep. Like, here's the thing. I cut the cord, to, one, to save fucking money. And two, to, like, get away from ads. And what have they fucking done to us? They... But like the, the cost saving is nil to none now. Like I mean, like there there's a lot of people that are just like, you know what? Let me just go back yeah, to my uh, let me Mac, let, let me max max price is gonna be almost twenty dollars. Yeah, yeah. It is now because I I think was it ten or twelve dollars a month? I think it, it's actually if you have the the highest tier right now, it's fourteen ninety nine. Okay. Um, that gets you that gets you access to four K. No ads, no nothing, just pure unadulterated content, right? But here's the thing, is that they're going to keep that tier and keep it at $17, right? Like, here's the kick in the dick, right? Here's the Draymond Green punch in the dick. Um, if you know basketball, you know you know what I'm exactly <laughs> talking about. Uh, here's the thing, is that, so that ad, that tier, the there's a, an additional tier, Max Plus, which guess what that is? That's 4K content. So the thing that we usually got, we're getting taken away from us at 14.99, but we're gonna get, we're gonna like you know, we're gonna get charged an extra three dollars for this shit. But then guess what? I, we don't get to stream in fake 4K. That's an additional six dollars at 20.99. You get 4K UHD content. Which guys, I keep on telling you this. And I'm going to continue to keep on telling you this. If you're streaming and not downloading, then watching a 4K stream, and even that, that is so compacted. It is not a 4K stream. You're lucky if it's a 10K plus. You like, yeah, I know there's. I, I wouldn't pay for it. Like, I just, no, you know. I'm going to keep my 14.99 or my 17. Like, yeah. I'm going to try it out for a bit just to see what happens. But you have, so you have that at like eighteen dollars. Uh, Disney price, Disney Plus jumped in price. I know. What is it now? Ten dollars. Yeah, I think. Or actually, it's. I think it's fourteen ninety nine. But you can um, bundle that Hulu can, and ESPN Plus for like twenty dollars, yeah. right? Exactly. Exactly. Um, but but here's the caveat for that: if you bundle it, it's going to be the ad tier versions of there's no more like you were talking about there's yeah. no non-ad tiers well espn doesn't have any ad non-ad tiers they're just you you pay you pay yeah. the i think it's 3.99 a month you get i can ESPN kind Plus. of understand that because of the sports thing well yeah mm -hmm. it's 
streaming. Like it's 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 a stream of like it's basically if you don't have it's a stream like, of the live YouTube, channel, right? Yeah, exactly. So. And they have some like like all of their thirty for thirty documentaries, all of their um, all of their sports center like sports center goes up like literally um, like three minutes after it ends oh, in an nice. ad free version. Yeah, so like if I want to watch SVP um, talk about stuff, like I'll wait until the next morning and then I'll just watch last night's, and that's nice because I don't have to like I get it in a you know instead of an hour long program, it's you know, 42 minutes. That's how many commercials are in uh, uh, a yeah. an hour-long block. 18 minutes, guys. 18 minutes. That's a I mean, lot. That's a there, there are some shows that barely hit the 40-minute mark um, yep. that are commercial-free. And I, like, because I, I know there have been several times in the last few years where I've watched something, uh, like, off the CW or one of the main networks that was commercial free and it's like 39 minutes. I'm like, Jesus, 21 minutes of commercials is yep. a lot. Um, that is yeah. over, that is over 30% of, yeah. a, of a block of time. Remember when like, like here's the, like, oh, here's dude, the if thing. You watch guys, a, if you watch a drama sh- show from like, uh, yes. 1980, it's like 47, 48 minutes long. Like, well, you know, I know Star nine Trek minutes hour, doesn't yeah. seem like a lot, but like, that's a lot of content. That's a whole storyline. Well, okay, so like here, like the funniest part is like, like, you know, we use like, you know, rest in peace, uh, Batman 66, but we used to run a podcast uh, about Batman 66 and those episodes were 27 minutes long. Mm-hmm. They only had three minutes of fucking commercials. Do you know why, guys? Because the government... Because the the because the government was actually looking after kids during that era and said that you could only have three minutes of commercials for every thirty minutes. You could not advertise anything like smoking, alcohol, food. Like you could only there like, were huh, only certain kids things. are susceptible to this, so maybe yes. we shouldn't bombard them so that it does not bleed over into either kids getting into things they shouldn't. Or, um, you know, pestering the shit out of their parents because they saw uh, 19 serial commercials and they want this one and this one and this one and this one and this one. So, um, uh, th- we devolved into <laughs> That's pretty funny. Um, but, uh, but yeah, it, it's going back to, like, your point, like, the cost-saving measure. Like, so just the Disney Plus bundle with Hulu and ESPN, the max content, and just say Netflix, then you're at close to $60 a month. Even if even if you uh, bite the bullet and do the ad-tiered versions, like you have to if you bundle, you're still running 40 to $50 a month, all right? Plus, you're already paying for the 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 internet, which, um, depending on where you live, is between fifty and seventy-five dollars a month. So, like when you stack on, uh, like even an ad-tiered version of Peacock, which is like what eight dollars, nine dollars. Yeah. Um, what else is there? Paramount Plus, uh, which is going to be another ten dollars a month. Um, mm-hmm. What else? Am I. 
I'm not counting Amazon Prime here because <clears throat> it's included you, in your right. So if you're yeah. a Prime member, honestly, I mean this sounds like a, a a tag, but sure it is. If you're an Amazon Prime member and you're only subscribing for for the the TV show content, well that's dumb. <laughs> like I mean I don't I'm not saying everybody should support Amazon. Maybe we shouldn't be supporting Jeff Bezos. But, because, uh, you know, he doesn't pay taxes. Uh, yeah. But, like, there's a reason beyond watching what's on Amazon Prime to be a Prime member. You get other benefits. Um, none of the other ones have other benefits. So, uh, no. I mean, yeah, I mean, I don't know about you, but, like, adding it up in my head, I probably spend $100 a month just on... Uh, my streaming services, which okay. tables a little <laughs> bit more, but yeah, I mean, not much more. I think my mom's my mom still has cable. She she can't she doesn't understand apps enough to do cord cutting. Like there's so much stuff she tells me she wants to watch, and I I bought her a Fire Stick, and I go over, I log into my thing, and then she'll watch one episode, then she'll go back to her cable TV. And she'll be like, yeah, I can't figure out how to get back on the app. And I'm just like, oh, yeah. Okay, whatever. <laughs> like, it's not difficult, but, you know. <laughs> I'm not going to come uh, okay, over there so every time you want to watch an episode of Hacks to show you how to get back to <laughs> HBO Max. So. Uh, yeah, I know. Like, uh, like uh, I have that problem with our... Um, with uh, my wife's grandparents is like you know there's no way that I can show her, uh, show them on their smart TV uh, that the, the the apps and stuff and how that works right um, I so like to your point like you know 2023 has been pretty pretty <laughs> devastating financially for me just because you know house house life right and I'm yeah. not I'm not complaining about it like I'm I'm not saying that but I've had to like you know tighten the belt and figure it out in clever and inventive ways of doing things. Um, and streaming was the first thing I went to and I did a calculation. I was shocked. I'm, I, I was like, including the yearly subscriptions, like shutter criterion, um, right. Disney plus or, uh, Disney plus. Um, but then I'm also including everything, like not just my streamers, but AMC, um, Xbox, PS live, um, Spotify, iCloud, everything right everything works out to about 180 dollars a month for me oh man that was, that was shocking so what did That's i do like half of a car payment <laughs> exactly exactly so what did i start doing but to ensure was like like there's quick easy tricks that you can do like i put it all on one card that i get three percent back on all online purchases three percent now that doesn't seem like a lot but when you're spending $180, which amounts to like two grand every year, like that extra hundred bucks that you're getting back, that's that's vital. Like that's an, like an extra, like, you know, um, I started doing yearly bundles because they discount the yearly the yearly bundles like Disney yep. Plus, uh, Shudder, like Shudder's actually- And then you take that hit once a year, which, you know, everybody will argue like, oh, well, you know, budgeting to save two or three dollars but when you spread that out and like do it over 10 different things it's like okay well then i'm taking that uh 150 or 150 1500 or 1200 or 800 hit once a year and not every month 
So, you know, it, it's even if you put it on a card, you're then with money back, you can spread out that as long as your interest rate isn't 60 percent. Um, well, you know, yeah. you can spread it, that out you over, pay- you know, six or seven months and then you've paid it off and gotten a year, you know, for less. <laughs> so exactly. Or I mean, like I just paid it off. I paid off at the end of the uh, like I started to like just like, you know, the card is is set to whatever payment date it is. And I, I just pay I pay it completely off because, you know. That's what you, like if you pay it off like at that month at the end of the month or like or whatever the payment is due, no interest accrues, right? But it's like that, like it's weird because like you know people just think like like I know that there's this whole thing like where some of my friends just think that I'm like like oh you just have this money you have all this stuff like you have all these movies like you you're you're rich and I'm not I'm not I mean I hustle for my like my movie collection is because of the movie aisle like if the movie aisle and then film dispenser before it doesn't exist like i'd say 85 to 90 percent of my movies i don't well, have Be- yeah because you're you're curating then at, at not that those other movies don't deserve to be bought but like you have to be very particular about what you're going to spend uh, 30 dollars on for a 4k or a blu-ray versus Hey, we want you to review this $30 Blu-ray. We're going to send it to you. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And I mean, you know, uh, so like there are like it's to say that like you know, you don't have to think you have to think outside of the box to get everything that you want, right? Like I want everything, but I don't want to I don't want to pay an arm and a leg for it. So you have to find inventive ways. You can find like 20 to 35 minutes of work that saves you hundreds of dollars a year, like that's worth my time. That's worth me trying to figure out what's going on and what I can do. Like there's a site, um, like how I started paying for both all three. Oh, and, and Nintendo, like I have all three, like, you know, services. And you know how I started paying for those is whenever I get gift cards, I go to gift cards. Like there's a, an exchange gift card thing where you can go and if they're a target card, I mean, that's, that's, that's bonus because all I do is just go to target and then buy the other gift cards with the gift card so that I have a month of free Xbox or like, you know, say somebody gives me a hundred dollar gift card to target, right? You know what I'm doing? I'm going right over to target. I'm looking in the, the gift card aisles and I'm looking for my Nintendo, my PS and my Xbox, like, you know, gift cards so I can load them up so that like it takes it out of my, out of there. So I'm not paying for them. So like there are certain months where, doesn't get i don't have to use my credit card i mean it's just like it's quick and easy stuff to make sure that like if you just think a little outside the box and you more financially sound you can find ways to like get this stuff where you know like my dad is notoriously cheap i'm you know no offense pops if you're listening to this but you are you know you are yeah (laughs) (laughs) but what you learn from them right like is that there's always that like twenty dollars is twenty dollars it adds up because if through the month you can save yourself say 10 occurrences of twenty dollars that's 200 bucks that you didn't have to spend right like yeah. he always just said wait like he's like like you know even my wife says it is like don't purchase or don't purchase anything when emotion is involved like just wait wait a day like you know if you're if you're angry about something and you see something you're like oh man i like that i want it just no just hold off hold off a day or two right 
like, you know, are sales really sales? Sometimes they're not, you know, it's just like, it's this weird stuff that like, ultimately my goal is to keep like, to keep the things that I like, but not to continually like, in like, you know, 2022 and 2023 has taught us, man. I mean, inflation's a fucking thing. Like it's a yeah, real thing. It's, it's insane. Um, like, I think about, like, when I go to the grocery store, I'm fortunate in that 95% of the time, I only have to feed mm-hmm. myself. And yeah. when so when I go to the grocery store and, like, I spend 75 bucks because I'm not buying uh, off-brand stuff or, I mean, I will if it's something I know, I know personally, like, I'm not going to be able to, like, there's no discernible difference and I'm saving a mm-hmm. $1.50. But, like, I, I don't buy, you know, uh, Walmart, great value brand ketchup. Yes. I buy fucking Heinz. Hunts or Heinz. Yeah. Hunts it, or it's, Heinz. Hunts or Heinz. Like, yeah. <laughs> Makes no difference, I, right? I like, don't buy great value brand peanut butter. I buy Jif or I buy Peter Pan or I buy, yeah. um, you know, because I know that there's a difference. Um and a so remarkable difference. Yeah. <laughs> yes. So like when you extrapolate that to like I have friends who I have a my best friend, a single mom, two kids. Um when she goes to the grocery store, it's it's a hit, man. Like it is yeah. a financial hit once a it's week a murder. Of, of like you know $200. <laughs> and it's just like yeah. cuz she's trying to feed her children healthy. Yeah, if you want to feed them fucking dollar pizzas uh, three times a day, yeah, sure, you could get by on that. But, like, you're not going to have healthy kids. <laughs> so Yeah, well, it, even if you go to Costco and buy in bulk, that's yeah. still an expensive proposition, too, an even greater one. So you kind of, like, like you know, and it really, this really relates to what we're talking about right now. Because at the end of the day, your best friend... Does she have fucking money to buy Disney Plus monthly? No. Like, and Hulu? (laughs) No. Not to out her, but I'm almost 100% sure she pays for two streaming services. Everything else is stuff that she's she's glomming on. Swapping. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. Password swapping. Either with me or with her parents or... You know, whatever it is. Like, I know that, I know for a fact that she uses my Paramount Plus and... Mm -hmm. Uh, one other of my services, um, which I, I mean, I don't use any of hers, but like, it's also like, she'll text me and go, or, or, you know, when, when this was coming up, she would text me and go, do you have X service? Like, yeah, but especially like Paramount Plus, I forget I have Paramount Plus most of the time because I don't watch a lot of shit <laughs> on Paramount Plus. So Man, most of a, the stuff that's a whole... on there, I watch in other places. <laughs> so. Well, and also there's this whole thing like, you know why everybody wants it? Because of goddamn Yellowstone. Like yep. that's all there is to it. That's all there is to it. And I don't it watch is, any of that it, stuff. So I'm just like. So, I know. Neither do I. <laughs> I will forget that I have it, and then I'll look something up, and it'll be available on Paramount Plus. Like, oh yeah, I've got that. So I'm like log oh. on, and I see that you know, uh, her and her kids have been watching like tons of Nickelodeon content. But uh, yes. Anyway, um, yeah, like it's just financially, it's so like I can't imagine. I can't imagine 
not being single. Like I have recently had somebody basically tell me that they resent me because of because you're single. Just because I'm more financially, I I will not say financially stable because I do a lot of dumb shit with my money, but uh, I'm also not tied to anything. Um, Mm -hmm. I mean, so specifically, like it. One of the things that scares me is has always scared me because like so many people are like why don't you buy a house why don't you buy a house but like here's the thing i'm not a smart person with my money always um Mm -hmm. and if something happens like what you just went through it's not like oh shit like i'm i'm my finances are, are devastated until i can can you know recoup and get back on my feet it would be like I don't have the money for this at all because I do dumb shit with my money. And like, I know that I'm in my forties and I should be smarter and I'm getting smarter, but like, I'm not all the way there yet. So if I buy a house and then like, for whatever reason, it's not, or it's covered by insurance, but I still have to pay some giant chunk of it, like $8,000. I don't fucking have that. So then it's just yeah. like, I, I, I'm fucked. <laughs> so, <laughs> you know, like that's why I've rented because like, here's the thing about renting. Like, yes, I'm not owning it, but it also becomes not my problem. So, you know, as long as yeah, you're not well, renting from a slumlord, it's like, no, you can fix this or, I can move to a different apartment or I can, uh, you know, prove that this val- this invalidates my lease and get the fuck out of here. <laughs> so. Exactly. And like, you know, the other thing is, is I, I like, you know, I'm dueling come home, like, you know, yeah. and we watch each other's backs and like, you know, uh, yeah, that, cert- um, that certainly helps, it, you know? Yeah. And, like, you know, I don't know, like, it, it, it's a very weird time that we're living in, like, you know, it, yeah, like, and I do not, like, I do not envy anybody that has, like, a family right now, because it, it, it's, it sucks, because at the end of the day, like, you know, you're sacrificing for your kids, right? Like, you, you like, you, you know, you're, 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 you know, like, the it difference between, you, man. there's no way to make yeah. it otherwise, especially if you exactly. have children, like, my, <sighs> my niece of which i of which i have plenty but ryan's kid like you know so she wants to go Mm -hmm. to college and like her mom does not want to saddle her with massive student debt so she can go to college because i mean she'll be graduating from high school in three years um god willing uh i mean she's gonna have to make some sacrifices to ensure that she's her kid's not saddled with massive financial debt just to go to college so just to go to college you know that'll come in plenty plenty of places um you know which you know fortunately uh my sister-in-law is uh i don't want to say responsible with money she's certainly more responsible than me her like uh i mean sharing outsider secrets but nobody knows her so i like she just paid off her house i mean she's she's 40 oh, wow. she paid off her house Damn. so Damn. yeah 
that's like, like that's slow clap worth like that's not even fucking slow clap. That's like fucking like you know yeah SpongeBob meme. Yeah, she she when she talked we talked about it. Like she didn't come to me for advice because I'm gonna tell you right now, yeah. nobody should ever come to me for financial advice. Um, <laughs> she was like, I, she told me she she's uh she was like I've got enough to pay off the house. I think I'm going to pay off the house. I was like, oh, okay. She was like, it kind of scares me a little bit because, like, it it takes every... took basically everything she's got to pay off the house. But, like, yeah. the flip side of that is, well, then you own your house and you're not making that $800 a month or whatever mortgage payment. How quickly do you build mm-hmm. everything back up when you don't have to spend $800 a month? <laughs> so, yeah. you know, she needs a new car. And... Rather than add, oh, it's an $800 mortgage payment still plus another $400 car payment. Like, okay, well, now you trade in your car. Her credit's fucking phenomenal. Like, I'm like, you could probably get a car payment for under $300 a month for sure. And, you know, um, yeah, that's still a lot less than your mortgage payment. And you're dumping, like, if you're smart you're you're dumping that six seven hundred dollars or whatever every month into a savings account that pays you back so yes you know or cds or like whatever you know to you know help you down the line so um anyway this didn't need to turn into a financial uh podcast (laughs) Uh, we don't usually discuss stuff like this um speaking of shit that's really expensive um uh, we went to the movies this week, like sharp left turn. Oh. So, because okay. uh, I do want to talk about, uh, we don't highlight your reviews enough, or yeah. really no, ever, well, no. <laughs> which is something we should be doing. Um, but I, I also understand it's like, I already wrote about it, man. I don't want to talk about it too. Um but most of the time, I don't get to see all the things that you're reviewing, um, mostly because, like you discussed, I don't have the money to buy the massive amount of DVDs and Blu-rays and 4Ks that you're reviewing uh, every month. So, um, although I'm always just like, God, I want to buy that. And I'll anything I see, I'll add it to my Amazon uh, wish list or my cart and be like, I'm going to. One day I'm going to buy one of these things. Um, anyway, <laughs> so uh, I, I went with Tim yesterday, uh, buddy Tim. Um, he was like, man, let's go see a movie. And I was like, there's nothing out I want to see. Like, I'm looking at everything that's playing. He's like, I want to see this. I want to see that. But, like, he's at AMC Plus. So he gets, was it two movies yeah. a week? Three movies a week doesn't Three. matter. Like depending on depending on the tier, because like I've got so like, to fucking sign up for this, man. Dude, twenty twenty four dollars a month, and like literally, I spend like it's both me and my wife because I I added her, and it's very easy to add a person onto their account onto the app. So I have like two people on the app. Like so, like coming up Guardians, right? I could pre order my 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 tickets. So I pre-ordered my tickets for the IMAX 3D version of Guardians that we're going to see prime time at, like, I think 7 o'clock on Friday, uh, Friday night. I got the seats that I wanted, 50 bucks a month for three movies every week for each of us. Like, if I want to, I can go. we could go to see three movies. And sometimes in the middle of summer when we have nothing to do and we, like, you know, the air conditioning is just not doing it, 
We'll go to see three movies in the week. But the cost for the Guardians IMAX 3D, I shit you not. I mean, what is it, like 25, 30 bucks? Yeah. A person. Oh, $26.99. That's a month. That's a person. month of, of your back. service. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Paid me back instantly. And in Mar- in May, if you don't think we're going to go see like 12 different oh, movies. Geez, because I'll I was looking something. at the release schedule and I was like, um, what the fuck, man? They just stacked them out in May. They're just like, ah, oh, we don't care yep. what's coming out. We're just going to keep adding stuff. <laughs> like, <laughs> Yeah, no, dude. I, I will tell you the 24 bucks a month is actually worth it because if you think about it, if you go see three, say just say three matinees in a month, that's eight dollars a piece. You've already paid for it. Like, yeah. and it's not like the the biggest tier has there's nothing that you can't get into. 3D, IMAX, whatever it is, it, there's no restrictions. The lower one, there are some restrictions. Like I think that you don't get IMAX and 3D and Dolby Vision. Like, and you only get two. So, like, if you get the extra, like, and I think the difference of cost is only, like, four bucks or five bucks. It's, like, the difference between $19.99 and $24.99. So, like, the extra five bucks for me is worth it because. Oh, hell yeah. Fucking tickets are fucking ridiculous. Dude, I, I, don't, not... I, I don't live in, in or near, well, I guess I'm kind of close to Atlanta, but it's almost two hours away. Yeah. A what you would call a huge metropolis. So let alone fucking Los Angeles. Um, so I think an IMAX like eight o'clock IMAX Friday night. I think a ticket is like twenty, at least twenty bucks, maybe twenty two dollars. And it's not even a real IMAX. Um, but uh, but yeah. So out there, yeah. I, I mean, yeah. That's. Yeah, the, the savings, I, the savings be worth it here. Like, I, I, I haven't been seeing enough movies in theaters to warrant it. But like, I'm going to, I'm starting to go see more and more. So I'm like, uh, maybe I should. Like, even if I don't see three movies a week, but if I see two movies a month in IMAX or at night, it's worth it. Like, cause I'm, yeah. I'm definitely spending twenty five dollars on tickets. So, yeah, it's, that's crazy, man. Um, but yeah, yeah. we, we Again, narrowed it down to, <laughs> yeah, we narrowed it down to, uh, he was like, what about the Guy Ritchie movie, The Covenant? I was like, hey, I uh-huh. actually heard that was really good. Um, I have to. Um, and then he said, what about Polite Society? I was like, I don't know what that is. And I read the description. I was like, oh, yeah, I, I did hear something about this. I was like, that sounds like it might be fun. Um, I was like, so sure, let's go see a matinee of Polite Society because I don't have AMC Plus. Um, mm-hmm. And so we went to a two o'clock show yesterday, and then I was delighted to see both you and uh, Scott, a uh, friend of ours uh, who's been mentioned yes. a ton, uh, which I think Scott Scott's reviewing for like Forbes now or something. Like, yes, <laughs> yeah, he is. good for that dude, man. <laughs> Like, I need to text him and be like, hey, man, like, you know, good for you for like, like, like really, you know, going after it. Like, I I don't know, man. He's got he's got I I think we're more alike in this. Like, I kind of just want to do my thing. I don't want to. But like, yes. like, <laughs> like <laughs> I, I think I would be uh, uh, if, if I was if it was like, oh, I'm going to write reviews for Forbes, I'd be like. 
oh shit like a, immediate writer's block <laughs> like uh, there's no <laughs> way like i would be so panicked <laughs> i've 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 compared him. i told him i was like like it's okay bro like i don't mind i'm like you're you're the you're chris nolan to my wes anderson like i'm never going yeah. to i'm never gonna make a marvel movie i'm never gonna do this i'm gonna i'm gonna continue <clears> on with my core my quirky ways and you're going to make, and you're going to do giant blockbuster writing. Like, yep. and that's the thing is like, you know, we're like uh, uh, Wes Anderson and Kevin Smith. And he's like fucking the Russo brothers or some shit yeah. because he's working for fucking Forbes. <laughs> um, but occasionally we both agree on something like, you know, uh, there are, there've been a couple of more recently that we're very much in line with And Polite society was one of them. He's actually the one that told me about it because he saw it at Sundance. Yeah, I was about um, to say, he saw it a little while ago. Because, um, yeah. like, what I saw from him, I, I'm i sure I saw him post his review online. But, mm -hmm. like, he saw so much that, I, and I'm not trying to be dismissive, but it when when it's, like, somebody at a festival like that, it's kind of easy to be dismissive of those posts because you're like, well, he's going to see 12 movies in four days and there's gonna be a shit ton of reviews and some of these movies I, I won't get to see for maybe a year so or more or yeah, more. yeah. <clears throat> i mean like actually this morning me and scott were talking about his favorite movie from fantastic fest 2020 is barely getting released so like three years like you know and that's something that could like honestly was it the taika movie <laughs> <laughs> no 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 it was a. Uh, it was a. Uh, um it was this thing called Freaks versus the Reich, which okay. is like a weird ass. Like it was a weird <laughs> is ass. It like, like circus uh, freaks versus Nazis, because that yes. sounds like oh, oh my god, I'm so in for that movie. <laughs> uh, I'll give you the link because he sent me the he sent me the Apple uh, Street Premiere uh, like premium link. I think it's going to be on Shutter fairly soon, so I'll, I'll keep you posted. Uh, but I'll give you the trailer so that you can watch it. It looks it looks exactly what you think it is. It's pretty delirious. Um, so, but uh, but yeah, um, but going back so like yeah like we both wrote about polite society and i think we were both in line about the same like you know the same understanding of what this movie is and just how for us like for me it's just how utterly delightful and unexpected it is um and taking genres and mixing them up and kind of making this like perfect little movie at the end of it like it's not a big movie it's it but it's about things that you don't normally see like it's about two sisters and their relationship but it's mixed in with this like scott I mean, pilgrim-esque like it's frozen by way of scott pilgrim yes no you know what fuck that just perfectly describes it that's literally perfectly descri uh, described described this movie like yeah it's frozen by way of uh by, by way of like scott pilgrim uh but two female leads uh, with a little bit of like uh what's her name jane austen added in for good measure and <laughs> bollywood uh, a bolly uh, a bollywood wedding like you've never like other than uh, like I that you've not honestly seen. i wish it was bigger like that's and yeah. i understand why it isn't um because it is very much a small movie and it sticks to its small movie format you know but like mm -hmm. we <clears throat> I'm not huge into Bollywood, but I've seen enough of like the big Bollywood things to yes. know how big that can be. So 
like I kind of wish it was bigger, but it's also um, uh, ideas funneled through the mind of a twelve-year-old, thirteen-year-old, somewhere in there. Oh uh, no, uh, I think she's sixteen. I think she's sixteen. 16 she's okay. Still- yeah, she's in high school. She has her friends. Uh, you know, oh, sorry, because that, uh, that one friend can drive. So they got to be in the yes. 15, 16 year old range. Um, so, yeah, so like funneled through, like, and, uh, uh, and she does say, I, oh, they think I have an overactive imagination, which she clearly does. Yes. Um, so, yeah, funneled through that overactive, um, like, uh, maybe uh, not Tarantino specifically, but like a Tarantino obsessed. Uh, 15 year old you know uh, Yes So yeah you, it, I understand like the, the urge Could have been and you know maybe Financially it wasn't there but the urge could have been To go big but like Don't go big because you want to keep It small because this is still Like l- Like through The lens of that kind Of person so big to her might not Be like giant explosions and you know a uh 50 party dance or or 50 member dance party you know performing this thing um i i thought it was a lot of fun i i agreed almost completely with what both you and uh scott said about it like it's it's really funny it's definitely got its like crowd pleasing moments. Mm-hmm. Uh, the uh, the only thing I wish was that it was a little tighter. I think it's about ten minutes too long. Okay, no, I can see that. Especially um, there's a moment where okay, so like the I feel like um, I feel like it in the <clears throat> this between the second and third act when. Everybody decides to um, de- decides to churn against Rhea. Um, yeah. Like that was too much in the like there. There's an easy way. There's a couple of things where they could have cut it and it be still like what you need it to be. But it little bit wallows in that moment. Um, like I could see that. Um, you're right. It is. It's a little like, especially because once it starts at third act, I, for me, that second into third act is kind of sketchy. That you, like you said, it could have been tightened up editorially. But that third act is so wonderful. It so kind of pays off everything that I forgave it for that like looseness that it had. Um, uh, but yeah, you know, you're absolutely right. Like it, it's that, like you know, there's, it's just, it needs to be, like you said, like ten minutes tighter. Like maybe instead of it being close to two hours, it was like an hour forty, um, yeah. or like our favorite thing, a ninety minute movie. I mean, um, if you make this a tight ninety minute movie, I mean, you can like if you. So it, it sounds, it makes it sound like I didn't enjoy it because I, I really mm-hmm. did enjoy it. But, like, you tighten up some of those fight scenes, like, just just have them punchier, you know, not mm-hmm. so, uh, I don't want to say dragged out, but just, some of them do go, like, the fight scene between her and the bully, like, mm-hmm. maybe goes on for a minute too long. It's not even that long. It's maybe a three or four yeah. minute scene, but, like, you cut a minute here, um, like, her breaking into the house, maybe you cut 
uh, a good minute or two. Like, and you just keep making those sharper and sharper cuts. And if you got it to a tight 90 minutes, like 90 minutes, not including the credits, say. So probably, mm-hmm. you know, 98 minutes. Um, yeah. Yeah. You're, I mean, it, then it is fucking just boom, 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 boom. Like, you, and you, then you don't really have the time to step back and because the the movie does kind of let the the plot both sides of the plot breathe a little so you start thinking about oh like oh um not to get into the weeds about any but like oh is she imagining all of this or are they like are they evil are that like Mm -hmm. you know you you get a chance to like ruminate on some of that like because because of things like these long shots, like I'm thinking specifically of uh, after her and her sister have like the big falling out and, and their fight mm-hmm. scene in the hallway, which is probably my favorite fight in the movie. Um, it, just her throwing her through the door. I don't know. It made me laugh because then when they're fighting in the hall and like, and they get called downstairs, there's just this big giant, giant hole in the door. And the movie yes. never stops to be like, that's not real. You know, yeah. they, it, it just lets all of that stay in. Um, but like her sister leaves with the fiance and like, I mean, it's probably only 20, 30 seconds, but like, there's this lingering shot of like him staring up at the window. And I'm like, it goes on for just a little too long, like just a little too long. So if, you know, mm-hmm. it, it's maybe a little too critical, but yeah, it, if you cut, you know, 10 to 20 minutes out and like tighten everything up, you know, and make these little 30 second cuts here and there. And these like maybe a minute or 45 seconds off of like some of the fight scenes just to tighten them up. Um, yeah, it, it, then it is an absolute fucking banger of a movie because it just goes, 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 goes. Um, and as it stands, it's just like a fun, funny movie. The shit with her and her friends, like, it, that could be a TV show that I'll watch every week, man. Uh, yeah, like, that's <clears throat> what I was thinking was, like, ultimately, um, what I would love to see is, like, this is one of those things where the, like, Polite Society, the movie, is utterly delightful, but it's because the world that you, like, okay, so, like, part of the the the, the thing that you're talking about, like, the extra space it makes it feel like a bigger world, like like that feeling that you have, like, like it's a TV series. It's exactly what I had about the the crevices and odds and ends that they decided to keep in there. Was it felt like, oh, I'm gonna probably get a sequel to this movie if it's a hit, which I hope it is, because it's just it, it has just enough of that languidness to allow an expansion of this to make it feel like. Like, and to your point, what I loved about the movie was that I wasn't sure if it this was in her head, it was reality, or it was a combination of both. Like, because it could very well be both, but it's a thing that I loved about it. Like Scott Pilgrim, where we don't really question anything in regards to the way that Scott Pilgrim's world works. 
I didn't really like as soon as I found out that this was the kind of world that she inhabited, like even if it's in her head, I didn't mind it. And the more and the further that I got into that world by the end, when she finally takes the phone call, um, it's just like I'm sold. I'm like, okay, so like I either need four other movies where Rhea goes from graduating uh, graduating secondary school, which is what they call it in the UK, to like being a stunt woman and then seeing her travail through the stunt woman world. Like, I want to fucking see that movie. I absolutely want to see that. I want to see whoever they decide to cast as um, the person that would eventually be her mentor, the the woman that the stunt woman that she works uh, like that she she uh that she works for um or that that she that she looks up to like all of this stuff is just kind of like it's indicative to like what i love about like certain kinds of muscular filmmaking and like for me um the uh you know uh nadia mansoor like just comes out the gate throwing punches and kicks and landing them because she's doing exactly what you would want from genre filmmaking it's her own voice like it's her own voice like this tale of these two sisters it feels so like the thing that i don't think that i like that i want people to discover about this is that it's really a tale of two sisters right like you could call it a like you could change the name from polite society to a tale of two sisters and it would which is what i like that's where it starts right where and then like chapter one a tale of two sisters Yeah. yeah of two two sisters and like I cannot like stress enough like uh, Priya Kansara and Ritu Ara. Uh, Ritu Ara, we already know from Umbrella Academy. Uh, she's fucking. Uh, she's great in Umbrella Academy. She's yes, fantastic here. Um, I, I'm just saying the movie should be shorter. But like honestly, and I understand it's not her movie. Like because yeah. nothing is necessarily through her lens except maybe what's at the very beginning. But, like, I don't, I, I love her, so I'm always like, well, I could use more screen time with her. Um, <laughs> yes. And, and I, you know, I, I, I don't know, I don't know how to word this without just saying it uh, the way I want to say it. So, or the way that first comes to mind. The three of my favorite, which she's been on Umbrella Academy for a couple of years. So, she's been in yeah. my, uh, you know, purview, like, in my vision, watching her for a couple of years now. But in the last year, three of my favorite actresses that I'm like, why aren't, why don't, why aren't they doing more? Like, I, I don't know uh, Priya Kansara. I know she's in Bridgerton um, and like a couple yes. of other things, but it's like stuff that I don't watch. So she's mm-hmm. not been in, like, uh, in my, my vision, but uh uh, I'm drawing a blank on her name from Miss Marvel, like. Oh yes, yes, yes. Um, uh, the the the. Well, I don't want to ruin Miss Marvel if somebody hasn't seen it, but uh, because it, it's it's um, um, it's uh, it's a part of the show. Um, what she plays and who she is. Um, uh, God, uh, da, 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 what is her name? Um. Oh, good grief! It's like, uh, it's like a uh, mom or something. Bucha. Uh, oh yeah, no, that's Namira Bucha. <laughs> yeah, uh, she's a Pakistani actress that's been in. Like, if you don't like, if you don't know the name, if you've seen it, you've seen her in so much, uh, so many like 
American things, but I mean, she's a superstar in Pakistan, like yeah. or, or in India, India I, uh, proper. I hate that the two things that I now know her from are of her. I mean, it's not really roles. Yeah, they're very villainous yeah. roles. But like she, uh, so in in Miss Marvel, she has to play it very. She has to be pretty coy. Like, um, yes. and she, she does have to be coy here, but like, because of the way the movie is and like, it's through this lens of like this, this 15 year old girl who thinks that everybody except her family is a supervillain, <laughs> her family and her friends, <laughs> like she thinks that everybody's a supervillain. So you, she gets to really just chew the scenery much more than she did in Miss Marvel. Um, which, you know, the, the young actress that plays Miss Marvel also, I should add her to the list. Like, so four of the like actresses that I've been most impressed with literally in the last 12 months, uh, like, are like those, they're those, those four and, and, and they're all in roles that are, uh, just, I mean, it's just not, it's like, it's all culture based. Like watching them, yes. like through that lens, um, it, it's just it's really fascinating and eye-opening in a lot of ways. Um, uh, I'll, like, yeah, I, I don't know. I really, really enjoyed her performance. Um, probably more than I did in Miss Marvel. I think she has more. Wait, she has way more uh, motivation in Miss Marvel because she gets that backstory. <laughs> yes. Here you don't really have a backstory for why the crazy shit that you find out is happening. Like, it's just like, oh, okay. <laughs> like, you, because you, <laughs> I mean, it's very much like uh, just a super villain plot out of nowhere. Um, but yeah, uh, it's very James <laughs> Bondy. It's very yes. James Bondy and Star Wars. Like, like the funniest part, I would like the funniest part now is like thinking about it after the Mandalorian. <laughs> it is the um, Palpatine for, plot from Rise of Skywalker. <laughs> Skywalker, it really is, and along with the newest uh, Mandalorian plot line that happens at the end of the last episode of the Mandalorian with with Moff Gideon. Like it's like literally, it's like <laughs> it, it, it's taken. Like she made this film two years, like or two. I think it's a year prior or eighteen months prior. Like it was like in twenty twenty one. I think she made the movie and then edited it and then premiered. Uh, this it got picked up and then got uh, premiered at Sundance. Um, uh, because uh, Universal picked it up. Uh, but uh, she was doing this like it was almost like 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 it's the whole thing of like the like you said the Palpatine the Palpatine plotline but done so much better because it's done 100%. for fucking comedic effect. Yeah. Uh, it's done for comedic effect. Um I mean like there's so much stuff like in the in the movie that goes on that it's juggling, but it juggles it very well. Like, you know, like it doesn't it doesn't do the thing that I feel like like a lot of like genre exercises do which is they try to put a round hole into a square peg it literally basically does exactly it takes a storyline and it doesn't try to push things in it just naturally has certain things already embedded into it that make it that make the genre-ness of it feel organic and it doesn't 
ever like feel like things are being pushed into it really hard. Like the whole genetics, the, the genetic stuff, the, that whole plot line, even though it feels weird at the time when you watch it, it makes sense in the story, right? Like to me, it makes a hundred percent sense in the story because of the, like when it's revealed, like what's going on and there's nothing really weird or anything like when you see it, but it's still kind of weird and kooky because like, you know, I said it in my review, it's like mama's boys. It's a very weird thing to pull off. It can kind of come off very weird. Um, but they we're not giving that dude enough credit either. I don't know his name. I didn't oh look it up. Oh my but like, god! His uh, yeah, switch uh, from like charming, roguish kind of like uh, you know rich kid, but not bratty to straight up yeah. like, oh mommy is so fucking funny. <laughs> like at the wedding when uh, when uh, the. Uh, uh, their mom hits. Uh, it, it's so confusing because I'm not. We haven't. I'm not naming the actresses or the characters. But when his mom gets hit in the back of the head with the chair, and he just like runs. He's like, "Mommy!" and runs off. Still, like it's yes. so funny, man. Um, no, it really is. Like, like there's this film is overstuffed with. Like, what I like is that once you get into it, it becomes this overstuffed wealth of just funny, warm, um, endearing stuff, even though sometimes the stuff is very weird and it gets, it gets just the right amount of dark, like to be like, to give it some urgency. Right. Um, like, like the thing that I love the most about it is the bully star story, how it kind of flips yeah. it and turns it around. And like, you kind of know what's going to happen from the first moment that you see them together, like the churn, but the film does it in such a delightful way in such an unexpected way that you're kind of like, yeah, you know what? This is the way you play with archetypes or stereo, like, you know, cliches, right? Yeah. Like you take something and then you flip it in the way that they do it, but it's specific to this movie. It wouldn't work anywhere else. Like I don't, I honestly don't think it would work anywhere else. Um, but it's such a, like a, a, it's a small, like this movie is like, I feel like a bunch of small crowd pleasing moments that add up to a delightful experience. Like there's not one, there's only one super moment where you could feel like they, everybody in the, the audience would stand up and cheer. And that's the, like when the sisters, when the sisters finally connect in, yeah. in the, at the last moment, well, not the last moment, but the last fight. Like they, yeah. they, fi they finally out there connect in the street. They, yeah. Yes. Like that's the that's the big rah rah moment, but it's not even that big. And I'm not trying to do it a disservice. That's not a critique. Like the thing yeah, that but I they love just most... never go big. They never like yeah. they go big enough. They never go super super big. Um, super like, yeah, world saving. Yeah, like that I know. don't care about. You know, um, like like I again like that's where. I don't like, I think that you kind of agree with me in regards to this is that we don't need to save the world. I just need to like keeping it lot, personal. Right. Yeah. Like, it, it, it keeps it, yeah. it keeps it grounded in a way that movies like this, we, we don't get at all anymore, you know, like, yeah, no, you know, if so, there's for decades, there's always that like, one day they're going to remake Back to the Future. And here's the thing about that. Like, yeah. yes, it's a bad idea, but like, 
remaking Back to the Future, if they make that movie now, they're going to be like, well, it has to be so that he can save the world. Watch Back to the yeah. Future, man. It has fucking nothing to do. Yes, he's saving him, himself, but like it is very much about, it is a family driven thing it is very very personal you know making sure his parents do wind up together and he doesn't get erased out of existence and but like it keeps it very very grounded in personal like driven things not you know big blue beam in sky alien invasion exactly so like you know it's it's why a movie like frozen works so damn well like yes it has the catchy songs and the, it looks beautiful and like but like it's a very fucking personal movie like it is very exactly. much about the love of these two sisters and like everything they've had to deal with the trauma they've had to go through like you know and so like that's where these movies need to to be and this is why honestly my my opinion, um, I, though I don't think I'm alone here, it's part of why a lot of what we've gotten in the last four or five years has not, not, not even, maybe not even that long, three or four years, has not been... Post. Yeah, post-Endgame, right? Endgame, yeah, that's what I was going to yeah. say. It's why the DC stuff doesn't really work. It's why... It's why yeah. fucking Wonder Woman works, but Wonder Woman 1984 doesn't work. Yeah. Because it's uh, not. Yeah, no, absolutely. Personal, you know? And, well, and exactly. As hard as they try to, like, Ant Man and the uh, Quantum Mania tries really, really hard to ground it in personal stuff, but, like, ultimately it fails because there is also the world saving. Thing for it whereas like the first two mm-hmm. ant-man movies like yes there is like a bigger element to those villainous characters but it, also, it is all very much grounded in scott's personal shit um absolutely Ca- captain absolutely. america a hundred percent fucking works because of the personal nature of it all you know like if there is no uh, Steve and uh, Dr. Erkstein having that conversation in the first Captain America movie. You know, I don't want to kill anyone. I just don't like bullies. Like, a lot of that shit yeah. just doesn't fucking work, man. You know? But, no, it doesn't. And, and that scene honestly hinges on him getting the shit kicked out of him in the alleyway. You know? It, it's yeah. it's all really, really grounded in personal shit. Tony's story stops being... I mean, they kill him. But, like... Everything with Tony, like, we're in on it because it's personal. And that's why, like, this movie works. It's not on that grand of a scale because ultimately there is no, we're also saving the world plotline. But, like, it's all grounded in their personal shit. And we, 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 they've just lost touch of all of that. And, um, you know, maybe we, you know, we need filmmakers like this to step back in and go, like, yes, we can do it on that big scale, but we need we we need to refocus on like these characters having being driven by something other than like, oh shit, I'm a hero and I'm supposed to save the world. Because I mean, honestly, we all want to think we do that, 
but and, and we would just to save ourselves but like that's the thing if there's no cost to us then we'd probably all fuck off and do our own thing anyway <laughs> so a hundred percent a hundred and fifty percent and then like you know it's kind of funny that like I, I was thinking about it and it's like it's kind of ironic and humorous that um endgame literally takes like literally takes back to the future and repurposes it for this big event movie that has nothing to do with like action and punching but like literally about saving saving lives and it breaks the mcu like literally like it literally like rudder made it rudderless like we didn't know like they didn't know what to do after that they didn't know how to recontextualize and, and some things have worked some things haven't you know most people yeah. would argue most of it hasn't um and it's not that they haven't tried to make things personal every like black panther wakanda forever very yeah. much tries to be personal but like there's something missing there and i don't know where they lost the plot in in really really grounding those things because i feel like it sounds shitty but like i feel like we're not seeing the struggle the emotional struggle like we're seeing it for a few minutes here or there but like yeah i mean you, you go back and watch the first iron man movie like there's a lot of tony like not not sure of like what he should fucking do you know like when he is sure it yeah like when he shows up in uh wherever he lands and like takes all those the ten rings people out like yeah that's fucking dope man um but like yeah. there's also a lot of wrestling with like what have i done like what has my name done you know and, and not in an overly uh like dramatic way it's just an underlying thing there you know and, and it's in all those movies and you know I'm not anti any of these new heroes, but very, very few of them have had to deal with that. I would say, going back to uh, what I was saying before about Miss Marvel, one of the characters that has done that is Miss Marvel, if you watch that show. Yeah. Like, it is her wrestling with, like, how does this fit into my life with my family, my community, my culture? my Like, it's all of those things. Um, She-Hulk kind of does it with a tongue-in-cheek thing. Uh, Moon Knight doesn't fucking do it at all. Like, they just drop the ball completely. Um, Loki is a different entity, so... Um, yeah, it's, Haw it's Hawkeye. not trying to, like... Yeah, Hawkeye like, does it because... Getting back to my kids, you know? It, it, yeah. It's, it's why fucking, like... People will tell you why Die Hard's great, but, like, maybe, and I'm not saying, like, that people are stupid, but people are stupid. One of the things that, that <laughs> makes Die Hard work is that it's a guy trying to get to his family. He's not necessarily trying to save anybody, but his wife, himself, like, he does want to protect these people, but, like, he's stuck. And... Like, he wants to save himself and get back to his kids and save his wife. And, you know, that that's the plot of the fucking movie. And that's why it works, you know, just like Back to the Future. It's why Polite Society works. Like, 
the way it does because it's grounded in like even when the like it's well, it's not I mean it is a clone plot it when the clone plot gets seemingly like revealed out of almost nowhere um because you're never sure if it's in her head or not until like really towards the end (laughs) um yes but it almost doesn't matter because you're with this girl and the idea that she wants to save her sister like it it doesn't matter the flip side is this is why fucking rise of skywalker doesn't work because ultimately it's just like what like yes that clone plot in rise of skywalker does seemingly come out of fucking nowhere um but it doesn't work because i don't like other than like stopping the emperor which yes is what you should do like what's the fucking point man like hey you you know why the original movies work because it's not just about stopping the emperor it's about like this dude struggling with the trauma of like uh his dad being this person that is evil and uh, like all of that other shit you know yeah no absolutely absolutely like and like uh, of course like like you know like what i find like this is why okay so like we don't talk about this often because it's it's too big picture like but like you know this movie is kind of like an entryway into like the way that i think and the way that i was brought up which is that um genre is always a a gateway or a door into a society that you may not know you may not be familiar with and the commonalities bind you and and help you ground you right and it gives you a human face i feel like like part of what i love about this movie is that it so expertly does that it like kind of like in a in a weird way it's kind of a spiritual sister or cousin to miss marvel in the way that it executes like this great thing of like being able to use genre to show you a world that you're not you're maybe unfamiliar with it's kind of like the same way i just started i i I, we've not talked about this um but this week like i wanted to like i wanted to make it a point of like um to watch uh to start watching the things that i've been like delaying and one of them is rami um i was watching it like oh my god man i know i've talked about this like last year when season three came out but that is another show that's like a window into this very specific culture and how like both how you can benefit from those things but also how detrimental it can be like exactly it's a fucking fascinating show man that yeah probably goes a little too far with some of the like i don't want to say gross out makes it sound like uh like they're puking on each other or like potty humor or but like it does go i think a little too far with some of the like things like the sex, of it. yeah the sexual yeah. things a little like and and i'm not prudish but like sometimes i'm just like oh, okay yeah like you kind of just ran that into the ground but uh yeah you know um but when you're dealing sorry i i cut you off but like no, 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 no. him and his family it's fucking fascinating man yeah but 
like comedy as a genre, right? Like, like people don't want to say that, but it is comedy as a genre. But he's using like Rami, just like uh, Nadia uh, Manzoor with Polite Society, is using that genre as an entryway to people to go to like literally pat them on the head, like 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 you do a dog, like you do do a good golden shepherd, right? Or like a good Goldie, and you go, "You're a good boy. You're a good girl. You're the best." This is what I want to show you. Like, it's literally them telling the audience, it's going to be okay. It's going to be okay. Like, like I find that, like, genre is a good entryway into showing people stuff that maybe they don't, like, A, want to or find challenging or it's just really difficult. It's It can be really difficult to get somebody to look at something that feels like, that feels like homework, right? But it's not homework. But the be the way that Rami is able to, like, the thing that I found so humorous about, like, you know, the first two episodes, I watched the first two episodes, and then I wanted to ruminate on it, right? Um, because, like, there's a lot to take in, um, and I want to do it proper. Uh, so, like, oftentimes with streaming shows, I have to make my own breaks. I think that you probably are the same the same way. You like, you'll do something, or you'll rewatch it a couple of times, right? Yeah. With Rami, what I. What I found so fascinating was like just out the door, he's like, "I'm a tw- I'm a twenty something dude. I'm horny as fuck. I want to party. I want to fuck. But there's this thing that's in the way because I'm devout to certain things about my culture, and that's what rubs up against it. It's like, it's like I understand. Like it, it gave this like this sigh of relief of like." Huh. Like it, it's it's almost like Rami saying it's okay to let go. It's okay to like understand that I'm I'm a dude. I'm a normal dude in yeah, this 20s. I have to and reconcile the same shit that you do. Like it's not easier for exactly. me because I'm just like, oh, I'm devout in my religion. And like you know, it, it's something that uh I don't you don't see enough of with I mean, just, I guess to put it mildly, like white based, like religious things, like either you have the, the Ned Flanders of it all and you don't see them struggling with their, their faith versus their reality, or you have the like disconnected, like, uh, hate monger thing. Like there's no, there's not a lot of in between those things get extrapolated to um like get glommed onto like other things like um and i mean this is more uh jewish and hebrew culture not white chris or definitely not white christian stuff but like in so in battlestar galactica like Mm -hmm. if you don't know like about the 12 tribes and all that like Ultimately, when that show gets towards its end, it's easy to just be like, oh, it's this sci-fi thing. But, like, it's really, really rooted in, like, the the tribes of Judaism. And, like, it it expounds upon that. And that's an older show. The Mandalorian's doing the same thing. It's Jon Favreau bringing his faith, infusing it into... um, Not that there wasn't already that, like... we saw it in the Clone Wars, like the the fractured Mandalorian factions, and but like Favreau really understood it from a faith point of view of like how everything splintered 
And then you have all these people that are supposed to be connected to each other. And but they can't just one for one and be like, oh, this is Judaism. Oh, this is Christianity. Oh, because uh, I don't maybe because a lot of people in those religions like fight back and not that like Rami uh, or even uh, Miss Marvel or a movie like this, because it, it does kind of hit on some of the points of like, it doesn't get heavy in religion, but like there's a lot of like quote female place in this society that, um, you know, it, it kind of t- at least takes a dig at, and I'm sure it probably yeah. pisses some people off. Um, it's easy for it not to piss me and you off because we don't come from that culture. So no, absolutely. You absolutely. know, like Rami, like, and then I was, oh, well, I was reading about Rami and Rami had d- basically, he had been very, um, he'd been very honest about how much criticism he got, but also how much praise he got. Yeah. Um, about his show i didn't want to read too much like i tried to make sure that i was reading from the first season uh so that it didn't it it doesn't ruin it for me because i mean to be perfectly honest like you know like i want to i want to experience this show the way that most people have which is like delightfully delightfully finding the twists and the turns right well at least Um, you won't have to wait like two years between like season two and three (laughs) yes from what i understood that there was a lot of like like what the hell? Uh, what the hell? Yeah, like so where? Long? Yeah, where is this show? But I mean, Atlanta did the same thing. So um, yes, yes, uh, which is also like it's a very similar like it feels it is like creator and culture driven, you know? Yes, exactly, and and allowing it to like I think that like within within those first two episodes, what it really kind of got through to me, which um, something polite society is also is so wonderful about is is that. It's the confidence in which these, like, in which these creators are taking their, like, their projects and giving it to us. Like, there's a confidence in knowing, like, like, it's weird because it's like, it's so easy to talk about confidence in sports. Like, I was just like, like, like last night I was watching the Lakers versus Memphis and like the game six and Lakers closed it out. I'm I'm a huge Lakers fan. Don't give me any feedback on that guys. But, um, to watch the confidence in those guys and the way that they were strutting, you knew that they were going to win. You didn't know they were going to win by 40 against Grizzly and send those, those dudes home shattered, but you could see the confidence. It's like, it's like um, like the Atlanta Boston game where uh, like you know Trey won the second game. There was a confidence there. I can't describe to you what confidence looks like on screen um, when a movie happens, but I can point to it and go, "That's it." And Polite Society and Rami both have that Lakers strutting. I am confident in what I am showing you because this is my voice. This is my view of our culture. And it's like, it makes you sit up. There's something different about the way that people approach it. It's like, oh, what? This is different. And that's kind of like, it's kind of beautiful to watch that, like, polite society, they, they, it was created in a way that people allowed it to be great. Because I feel like oftentimes with movies, the problem isn't 
you know, how do I make a great movie? It, the problem is, how the fuck do I get around all these stupid fucking people, all these fucking producers, all these people that give me the money, but they gave me the money like saying, yeah, 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 we'll keep out of your way. No, they absolutely do not. Any Hollywood creative will tell you as soon as you take that money, it's a devil's deal because they will absolutely try to control you. Why? Because it's a capitalistic society and money equals control and power. So it's not whether or not you can make a good movie. I think that everybody has a great movie in them. It's like, how do you navigate through all that bullshit? All of those people trying to tell you, well, no, what you really should do is this. What you really should do is that. Quiet those motherfuckers down. I mean, which is, is part of what I've done on this podcast. Podcast, But yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Like, I agree. A hundred percent. But we can still critique the property. Like, we can still critique the art. We can still look around it. You're not controlling it, right? Like, right. I owe you well enough. I, I have no to, say like, so. Logan. <laughs> yeah, but even if you did, I know you well enough to know, Logan, that you would be like, this is your show. Like, I'm paying it, but I'm paying for this. It looks and it sounds amazing. I'm not going to do anything. And it sounds different than I would, but I'm going to let you do this. So often, so many people don't get that. And they have to navigate and control through a bunch of bullshit to get like I look at Rami or I look at Rami and I look at polite society and I go, fuck, that's a miracle. That's a minor miracle because you're talking about not just genre, but genre with culture in it and a culture that it's sad to say is underrepresented in in the English language universe. And whenever it because like through Rami through and through uh, Miss Marvel before this, like Mm -hmm. it's not a culture that I I don't want to say didn't understand in a like negative way in a like, I didn't understand it. So like I was critical of it, but I, I just had very little understanding of it because it's never been represented, which is, you know, to the point of like, fucking representation matters, man. <laughs> so, exactly. It absolutely um, does. And you know what it does? It, it meant like, here's the thing I don't think that everybody gets. Representation matters, not just for the people that it's representing, but for the audience that doesn't know jack or shit about that culture that it's representing. You know, like, I think about the times that I've gotten into cultures and I've gotten a better understanding and it's through art. It's through art, whether it's a, a book that I read that was translated into, uh, into English, a movie with subtitles, a movie that made it through, a TV show that made it through, and the undiluted culture is there because it's like it's it opens up a wonderful door. So representation just doesn't matter to the people it's representing. It matters to everybody because the more you know, like here's ultimately the, what I love about cinema is that it makes me a better citizen of the world. Why? Because it gives me an entryway and I can explore and I can look and I can, I can get behind people that, you know, maybe not speak the same language as I do. Like one of my favorite, uh, one of my favorite actors is Korean. And he doesn't like, like, you know, he's, he's said, I don't know English. I can phonetically do it. I can kind of understand it, but you know, my native tongue is Korean and it's like, but he's still my favorite. He's one of my favorite actors because he does amazing things in, 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 in Korea. And 
like to me like that's wonderful and that's the way it should be you shouldn't just limit yourself to like watching the same five fucking shows all the time because that's your fucking that's your culture no 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 no. like you know that doesn't it's not the way that it should work. i mean yeah a movie like Us. everything everywhere all at once was like a window into that uh, so last year we had like everything everywhere all at once turning red and probably a couple of other things that were like real windows into uh, like mainstream windows into that kind of culture. And it's not necessarily religious based. It is like more straight up culture. Um, yeah. But um, which, you know, to to uh, uh, polite society's point, like it's also not like heavily religious based in any way shape or form like there's a little bit of mention here and there but like it doesn't get into the weeds of their religion like rami does um no no it definitely doesn't but it's still it's still a culture that's different than uh, than you know like say or or an underrepresented culture and it's just it's wonderful like like it's wonderful that it's like and it also connects people like i feel like when you have this when you have the same problems and you have similar like issues that kind of binds us and it makes you understand better like you know it's 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 the whole thing <laughs> yeah. of like how do you kill racism education yeah it sounds weird to be like oh yeah we can connect because like just for example like somebody who who lives in a household like the ones in turning red or in everything yeah. everywhere all at once could talk to somebody whose family is like devoutly Catholic and be like, Oh yeah, we connect because we both have mothers that like won't leave us the fuck alone about exactly, you know, uh, literally everything. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Which is kind of you? polite society does a similar thing. Like it, there is a, it is much as it is about sisters. It's also about like, you know the the mother son relationship um and how toxic that actually can be as well <laughs> so yes no um, absolutely absolutely I, I, it, it, this is going to sound like a shot and if it is it is i don't think enough people listen to this podcast for it to matter but like there's a lot of talk about toxic masculinity it is a hundred percent a thing um but mm-hmm. uh like we might turn a corner at some point and talk about toxic femininity um because that is also a hundred percent a thing <laughs> so yeah. that, no it is know, <laughs> like yes are men responsible for a lot of the world's problems a hundred percent maybe even most of them probably even most of them but also like you know there are women out there who do uh continue to push uh things that it's just like yeah, that's not that's toxic, man. That's toxic. You know, um, you don't want to- toxic masculinity. Then maybe you know, not having, uh, also having women. Because I mean, you see them like uh, these. Uh, I don't want to say necessarily right wing because I'm pretty sure it's not just strictly right wing. But like, you do see women who are like, well, my my husband is responsible for blah 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 like i mean do you have your own voice man like you know it's like you just you want your uh 
your voice stripped from you uh and you to perpetuate that is like really fucked up <laughs> so um no absolutely like there there is like you know there's somebody that's in your state that's a congress person yeah. that, uh, that's a u.s representative <laughs> that is literally you sit there and go that marjorie what? taylor Green, wait, wait, wait. like how are yes. how are you how are you in power but you're just like give all the power to men like it, it's such an oxymoronic thing <laughs> yeah no it really is it really is and um uh, i uh, i don't know like like you know uh you can't you can't educate the the uneducated uneducatable because like literally you just sit there and you just look and you watch and i go wow like you, you don't even like you're taking your away your own agency and I don't know what to do. Like, it's sad. Like, it's not even like, like what she does is just evil and incepted. But like, you also, there's a, there's a huge sense of sadness there because. Yeah. Well, like you got you, to power just, because you want to take power away from people who look like you. Like, it's yeah. really fucking weird. <laughs> so It really I is. Mean, it's like, she also the, wants the to take it away from people who don't look like her you know to be fair that, oh, yeah. that's most people don't look like her but uh um <laughs> yeah like you know it's like it, it's like it feels very much like if she could vote for women not to have the right to vote she would and it's just like yeah. this is fucking weird man <laughs> like um so it, it it's um, funny because i saw a similar thing and this this maybe is a good pivot um I, I won't spoil anything because I think you've only watched the first episode. But um, in the fourth episode of Mrs. Davis, uh, mm -hmm. she goes to see. Uh, there's a. It's a whole. It's 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 a show rooted somewhat in Catholicism, um, which I don't it's know enough about. Very much so. To know where, like, where is the like oh yeah this is actually a thing in catholicism or oh this is a thing where like you know it's not exactly like this <laughs> um but she there there is something involving the pope in the fourth episode um because oh, of okay. course eventually we have to get to the pope like she's a yes. nun there's going to be a pope involved somewhere it's it's such a weird thing but like she goes she has to go talk to somebody who's pissed off at the pope and she has this discussion about she's like why do you hate the pope and it's it's a female and she's like i uh i well i it's a woman i'm I was, i've been told i should not say female i don't mean it derogatorily but apparently there are people yeah. out there who use female in place of the word bitch so that's not me i i wow. just Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I've, I've, I've been told that by 15 year olds, but my nieces have told me I'm not supposed to say the word female anymore. So, um, okay. anyway, uh, I guess it's a generational thing, but the, she goes and talks to this woman and she's like, why do you hate the Pope? And she hates the Pope because when she was a little girl, she wanted to be the Pope and was told she's very Catholic and was told, you know, by everybody, not just the men in her life, but also the women, that she could never be the fucking Pope. So, hence, therefore, fuck the Pope and the uh, the whole, uh, you know, 
male like dominated religion aspect of everything it it's a really fun and funny exchange that illustrates that point <laughs> it's just like oh yeah that is still a thing in certain major like white religions i mean i know there are a lot of mm -hmm. non-white catholics but like specifically in this country like it is uh you know a predominantly uh white thing uh so yeah like that there is still that part of it so it, it it's a really really funny exchange um huh. but you you watched the first episode of mrs uh mrs davis yeah, Mrs. Davis, a.k.a. the What the Fuck, the TV series? Yeah, <laughs> I did. Um, so this one might... How like, funny like, was the cut to the crater with the horse? <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ. I was like, like... I was like, oh my God. Like, okay, so like... <laughs> I... Like, I'm honestly off, off the kilter on this one because of just the randomness. Like... So as soon as I started to see the connections to Catholicism, it made a little bit more sense. Um, uh, like, but there's a lot going on on this show that I feel like we're not in. Okay, so I'm gonna say I'm gonna say something now that I want I wanted to like have a discussion with you because I ultimately feel like at the end of the day, Mrs. Davis is taking place not uh, like not in the real world, but in a simulation that and so my my pitch to you was this is like uh uh i didn't say warren ellis who did i say grant morrison and grant tommy Wiseau wrote the yes. matrix for yes. james mangold to direct <laughs> and it's because, very much that <laughs> because i also feel like I don't know what the real world might be here because yes, it, it's really hard to, to one, like, I don't like, I can't, nothing feels rooted in any kind of reality. Like it, it's, yeah. Anyway, I'll let you finish your thoughts on it. No, 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 absolutely. Like, uh, like, uh, like your summation of it was kind of perfect because like, like it's the matrix that I latched onto, which was, I was like, there, okay, so there's so much weird shit going on, like with, with just characters and like how, like, I mean, so like we, we've, we've talked about game, like gaming, but we've really not gotten into like the tropes of gaming. And here's where Mrs. Davis really fucking plugs in onto and Here's the thing is that um, part of why it, like it was connecting to gaming and like VR to me was I'm actually playing uh, Zero Dawn um, Horizons. I don't know if you've ever heard of that game. Um, yeah. But OK, but, like it's like this weird, wild, like post-apocalyptic, but like post-apocalyptic with technology. But it's like a weird, like Last of the Mohican style kind of hunter-gatherers in the western expansion um game but there's a moment in there where you get this device that you hook up to that allows you to have a heads-up display like it's it's all 
you know, part of the gaming, like, technique and stuff and, like, you know, gaming tropes. Like, you want something where you can track stuff and all that stuff. So, like, you know, they use this device, this in-ear device to connect you to what, like, what eventually becomes an AI entity. Um, when, like, I'm playing this concurrently while, while I'm watching Mrs. Davis, and I'm like, oh, shit, are they in a simulated reality? Because the way that the people respond response are like npcs non-playing uh, non-playable characters oh yeah 100 um, percent. like and you i have to feel like i feel like that's a hundred percent intentional whereas like yes. the matrix it's like uh uh agent smith can be can pour himself in and be anybody but then he becomes just agent smith like he just yes. like takes over their body and it looks like him it's it's the flip of that where like Mrs. Davis can be anybody, but they still look like that person. So it's it's the game or the simulation talking to you through somebody else. I apologize for the siren. Um, yeah, through but, the proxy. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, you're yeah, you're you're dead on. Uh, so. Like, you know, and then I did some, like, I, like, quickly did some research this morning and last night after I watched the first episode and, uh, uh, you know, about Tara Hernandez and, of course, Damon Lindelof is, like, we know Damon Lindelof, but specifically Tara Hernandez, um, who's the co-creator of the show. And, uh, like, her bulk of her time has been spent on Big Bang Theory and uh, Young Sheldon. Like, I know it's the first time I've actually said the name of that show, but... (laughs) Uh, because I just don't like that show. But what I've noticed is the writers that have come out of that, because of the fact that they have to do so much goddamn research, and they're actually very fairly smart. Uh, the people from Big Bang, they're not they're not Simpson level. This is my fucking eye roll. Simpson level Harvard graduates. Fuck that. Fuck yeah. the Simpsons. I'm sorry. Fucking Here's sorry the, to go on deep dive. A hundred percent agree with you. It's the difference between the Simpsons. And like not new Futurama, but OG Futurama, oh, right? Where exactly. It's like yes. you listen to those guys talking. Like, are they funny? Are they good at writing jokes? Yes, but like those jokes are rooted in like, like literally these people could build a rocket to the moon, but they're sitting around yes. in a writer's room writing jokes about building a rocket to the moon. Like kind of thing you know it's like These are deeply intelligent People like on the level Of like Um uh what's His name the the scientist that you See everywhere uh oh Neil deGrasse Yeah on on like That level are higher And they're just They're writing jokes for a tv show Which are Sometimes really goofy and dumb, but then sometimes really fucking intelligent. Like there's an intelligence yes. behind them. Like um, if anybody ever watched Big Bang Theory, th- there's a ongoing like thing about uh, they don't play rock paper scissors. They play yes. rock paper scissors Spock lizard. Lizard. Maybe something else. What the other one is? Yes. Yes. And there's like, like four, there's like five five or six different things that they can do. It's fucking goofy and stupid, but it's rooted in like, and yes, it's rooted in fictional like things, but like, but it's so deeply researched that like, 
it, it actually does make sense. Like, yes. It, <laughs> it's actually so. rock, paper, scissors, lizard, Spock. Okay, yeah, there you That's go. That's what it is. Um, uh-huh. And then, uh, to, like, uh, like, you know, then there's all these rules that actually make sense, even though they're highly complex. That's the part of the joke. And that's yep. the part of the, and like, okay, like, I, I will give the show this. MVP Jim Parsons made that show. Like, the, the seasons that I have seen, Jim Parsons and his delivery of those things, those types of things, was, it is on par with some of the best, like, comedic moments that that uh, Rain Wilson ever did as Dwight. Like, yeah. their comps are very similar because they're so embedded into those those characters that they make that stuff sing. And that, oh, like, Rock, Papers, Scissors, Lizard, Spock is definitely something that I feel like he, him, that and Sad Sleepy Kitten are, like, of the things that, that they've ever produced, like, for that show are some of the most genius things. Um yeah. So, but yeah, like more to your point, like it's that kind of genius that like is involved with like, like she's like, she was like, I didn't realize she was a heavy part of that show. Um, Big Bang and also young Sheldon, which like she, like she, I mean, she's behind, uh, just what, um, the, the creator, what's his name? Oh, uh, Chuck Lorre. Yeah, Chuck Lorre, and, like, her and, like, one or two other people, maybe, like, are the, yeah. you know, Lorre gets uh, the bulk of the credit, because, like, yes, that it's, it's his baby brainchild, whatever, but, like, yeah, she is, like, uh, to, to uh, comp Futurama, like, Futurama, like, Matt Groening, Matt Groening, yes, 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 yeah. yes, yes, but if you know Futurama and you dig into it, David Cohen is the yes. fucking guy. Like that's that's the guy. Like Matt Groening can sit in the writers' room and whatever and be like, "Yeah, here's a like, what about this goofy thing?" Or not that Matt Groening isn't smart, he is, but like he's not fucking David Cohen because that dude is a fucking genius. Like yeah. sometimes to his detriment because some of the stuff, especially in later seasons, is like, uh, what? Um, and, and they probably revisit things a few too many times, but like those, those early, early years, those first like four or five seasons of Futurama, like it's that guy and a couple of people that he brings in that like, they're the really, truly like smart driving force behind the humor because it's so intelligent and like she is, she's that person, you know? Like, yeah, she really is. Um, and it's kind of like, like from what I was, I, I was reading and, um, it's just, it's kind of like, it's still WTF. Like I'm like, what the fuck? Like what's it, going it on? Is, the Germans it is the and television show. Uh, it's like literally nothing is off the table. It, it is that whole idea of like, there's the joke of like, there's no such thing as a stupid idea um, or, or stupid question, but like extrapolated to like, there's no such thing as a dumb idea, just a dumb person. But like the show itself is like, there's nothing off the table. There's no such thing as a, a plot twist or turn or whatever. That's too stupid 
for us not to go down. And like anytime, because I'm three episodes ahead of you, anytime this show yep. can take a left hand turn, like it never makes the turn that you think it's going to make. It's always fucking like we're going to take the dumbest possible route. Like not in yeah. a like like just in a, a a entertaining way. What's the dumbest most entertaining thing we can do here? That's what we're going to do. Well, it's like the opening moment where Schrodinger's cat where Schrodinger and his yeah. cat are on the island and you don't know why. Like there's literally no reasons why. Like it's like what? What are you talking? Like, why is this? And why is this dude named Schrodinger? And why cat? And why is he? Because they needed the a they needed a scientist with, and he had a cat. And so yes. the question is like, well, I, um, what should his name be? Well, what's the dumbest slash smartest thing we can possibly name this guy Schrodinger? That's what we can. Yeah. So that's what the fuck we named him. <laughs> well, and it's like magicians con men they're the same fucking thing and it's like what like are they con men worse they're magicians magicians i was hoping i swear to god when the cops went like i was hoping that the reveal was the cops going no 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 illusionists michael illusionists because that would have just sealed the deal but i mean at the same time like it's like that it's like the the whole opening moment with the Knights Templar—they're <laughs> not the Knights Templar. We are slicing so, the head off. What the fuck? That that <laughs> that is that, so. Uh, again, I'm episodes ahead of you, and I'm not. Yeah. I'm definitely not gonna. Are, are you? Go, first of all, are you gonna keep watching? Oh yeah. Oh of okay. Course. So definitely not gonna spoil anything. But mm-hmm. the fact that that it's not a coincidence it's not a uh coincidence i guess a good word that Mm -hmm. the opening of this show is literally a like a reveal of like oh who you thought was x is not x it's really y that's x like that flip that's not a coincidence that it opens with that because it it keeps like literally three episodes later almost everything you think is going on is not what the fuck you thought it was oh lord okay all right all right <laughs> literally everything in the first episode by the time you get to the fourth episode nothing huh? that you thought was the way it was in the first episode is actually the way it was literally nothing it's fucking insane how like oh so i i I mean i could pick out 10 moments in the first episode then the like the knight's templar thing the stuff with uh the ex and her meeting uh jay her uh her her body hunter contact yeah 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 Jay, uh, almost every the fucking horse, <laughs> like nothing is what you think it is. <laughs> oh, oh man, like, okay. there is I, I'm literally a reveal that comes for almost every scene. Like 
I I'm I haven't watched episode five yet. It dropped this week. I'm not going to be surprised if at some point the nunnery that she's a part of is not revealed to be. I guess it's a spoiler to say that hasn't been revealed to be something else also entirely, but it might be the only fucking thing that isn't revealed to be something else. Like it it is insane how many things I've, I watched the, I told you this in the text, but I watched the third episode three fucking times. Yes, you did. You, you definitely did. Like in which, in which case, like, I, <laughs> like that's what convinced me that like this is something that's special because like even though in the WTF of it all like I was like you can see that there's skill there in the first episode it's just like it, it, it's what I feel like Lindelof does best when he's left alone which is like so like there's this thing that that um, Tarantino stole from Elmore Leonard um and Elmore Leonard like like and he stole it so like if anybody ever hears this from Tarantino you you fucking remember that this is Elmore Leonard I mean yeah he stole everything from Elmore Uh, Leonard but he and and many many other people (laughs) yes as much as I love Quentin Tarantino and, and a lot of his work not all of it but a lot of it um the motherfucker is the Elvis of filmmaking <laughs> like that's yeah, oh great God, man yes, but yes. like literally everything you do you stole from somebody else <laughs> yes uh in some other culture a hundred percent yes cultural appropriation uh the, the movie is quentin tarantino uh don't don't at me guys but no well so like elmore leonard said like the the most interesting part of of the way that I write, like, you know, he was like, they were like, how do you write? He goes, well, you know, it's very simple. I give you answers first. And then I, I later on give you the questions and he goes, it's an, it makes for arresting um, storytelling, especially in a crime movie because or in a crime book, because I will give you what happened. I will show you the solution, but that's at the beginning. And, and then somewhere in the middle, I'll go back and turn around and give you the, the situation and it creates this spark in your brain that is appealing in a way that most stories are not because then it forces you to go back to it and look at it from different angles because you're getting the question you're getting the answers first and then you're getting the question and Lindelof tried to do that with lost and yeah. it didn't work because there were so many other cooks in the kitchen. And I there was were so just many other. I about to say that. It's probably too many <laughs> cooks in the kitchen, man. Because there's too many voices going like, well, what if we did this? What if we did that? What if we did this? Mm-hmm. And and it, it ultimately falls apart because it becomes like trying to satisfy too many creative voices. Like, yeah. yeah. So. So, like, you get this thing where he's unfettered by everything, right? Like, it's the same situation that he had with Watchmen. And the result is something that's even bolder than Watchmen. And Watchmen is super fucking bold. Like, like I continually kind of think about that show on the periphery. And I'm just still haunted by it. it it's a prime of, example of taking what we were talking about earlier. Taking, like, a, a culture and a group of people... And using a sci-fi slash superhero story to illustrate, like, how fucked up and things are that we've just, like, 
kind of shrugged it off. And yes. I mean, they 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 brought to that show brought to the public consciousness uh, something. I mean, literally forty years on this earth, a massacre that I'm. There's tons of massacres I didn't know existed, but in this yeah. fucking country that I was completely unaware of something that's never been taught to me that is like so upsetting, you know, but anyway, it's yes. not talking about Watchmen, but Lindelof is like, yeah, I, I mean, he seems to be pretty good at that. And, and I, I'm starting to wonder if, cause I, he came out this week and said that he was quote asked to leave his star Wars project. Uh huh. And yes, very much so. I, I haven't been the biggest Lindelof guy and I mean, it's going to be weird that if Mrs. Davis is the show that makes me kind of turn the corner on this dude, you mm-hmm. you think it was Watchmen, but like I, Watchmen could have very easily been like just lightning in a bottle, you know? And yeah. so I, I, I'm starting to think like, okay, was he asked to leave because he was like, I'm not going to carry your dumb shit like I'm, I'm not gonna like further like i'm just gonna i'm not gonna further dumb. the race skywalker <laughs> yeah. yeah like it, it's just dumb and like yes it has to be there because it's canon but like i'm i'm going to i mean they're gonna change it so it makes more sense or like we're just not gonna talk about it or like you know it, it was easy when when Lindelof was quote fired, and I thought, oh yeah, yeah, because that guy, like he just he can't do anything right. Um, besides Watchmen, and now I'm watching this, going like, huh, I wonder if it's because he refused to just play the dumbass game that you know. It's so weird because I was so on the like, no, Kathy Kennedy, like she. She's the right person for this. And all these years later, I'm like, no, maybe. No, I was wrong. Maybe she's not the right person for this. <laughs> um, but, and it's uh, really sad, right? Like, it, like it's, yeah. it's really kind of like, oh, what? Like, wait, 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 wait what? And, like, and, like, like, right is left and left is right. And, uh, yeah. And maybe my right. reaction to Kathleen Kennedy, me saying Kathy Kennedy is the right person, is just because so many people were saying she wasn't the right right person because she's a female, or you know, so much is rooted in yes. so much like absolute bullshit. Because plenty of women can do sci-fi and especially Star Wars, and like it's not a fucking that's just not a thing. But like, oh, wait, no, creatively, she might not have been the right person for this. So that's the thing, Um, you know. uh, uh, But, yeah, I I don't know, man. I I would love Lindelof and, um, oh, shit, I just drew a blank on her name. Uh, Hernandez. 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 Have both, like, given interviews of, like, Yes, the the craziness of this show is intentional. Yes, we know it's dumb. But, like, I really would, like, I don't know if there's ever been, like, a, a show I watch where I'm like, I wish that we just had the writer's room. Like, just people filming the writer's room, you know? Because yeah. I want to know, 
what what are they pitching? Like it's literally just you know if you've ever seen anything about writers' rooms, like a good example is a show that was recently canceled, which we were opposites on the the one that's on Hulu. Um, yes, like is yes. about a writers' room. And it, it's just people like throwing out ideas, you know, and then that comes together. You take uh, like, oh, this string of ideas works. You are these two people or whoever write the script. And but like, I, I feel like it's that this writer's room has to literally be like we want we want to hear smart ideas, but we want to hear stupid scenarios. Like the yes. scenario itself has to be stupid, but the the main idea has to be really intelligent. We're just going to follow the dumbest possible route to get to this smart idea, because like faith versus technology is a really like can that's a really smart thing. I mean, it is kind of a matrixy thing, um, but you're taking such a stupid route. To get to those things. <laughs> like it's fucking. 100%. <laughs> it's, it's dumb. It's dumb in a, in a. Like okay so like. We've talked about this before where. I feel like the Coen brothers are the best at. Dumb. But smart dumb. Yes. Because there's a way to write dumb. That makes sense. That, that, that That's from real life. And it really kind of takes a genius to do that. And that's kind of the way that um, it's kind of the way that um, like Mrs. Davis works, which is it's like it's a dumb fucking thing. But it takes it takes a genius to understand that dumb and how that dumb wraps around. It's like it's like to go back to it's like to go back to like Futurama. Fry was the stupidest human being in the world. There was dumb. (laughs) But. Like he is like there's a geniusness in the way that the the dumbness is written that makes it that there's yeah, a the stupid person makes, can't write Fry's dialogue. It yes. has to be a smart person that writes a character that's dumb, but not in a way that feels condescendingly dumb. It's like, oh, I see how that tracks. I see how that stupidity worked, and it's the way that like. It's why like, early Homer works and later Homer doesn't. <laughs> doesn't. Exactly. A hundred percent. Because Graining is there. And I think that Graining understands, like, Graining understands the, the geniusness of stupidity. And that's, like, and that's something that's very rare in these days. Like, I, like, I honestly feel like the Coen brothers together, not separated, because now they're doing some, like, you know, it's sad to me that, like, they're, they're separated and they're doing, like, these other things that are just not Coen brothers. Like it's Cohen Brothers, but it's like it's an asterisk. It's an asterisk against it because, like, what I find that I loved about the Cohen Brothers is just the way that they wrapped around dialogue. But it's the it's the stupidity of the characters and the beauty of how that dialogue is written and thought because there's a true thought process behind the stupidity. Like, I don't think like you know dumb people don't write dumb. They don't say dumb things. Like they 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 process it through their dumb brain and then they come up with some cockamamie weird ass thing, right? Right. Like, like it, it 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 doesn't like and there's this like that like it's not the same as Mrs. Davis. Like the the dialogue isn't stupid for stupid sake. Say it's the concept that's stupid, 
Like it sounds like a dumb idea. And then like you said, like it's the smartest people in the world taking that dumb idea and encoding it with smartness in a way that it makes it's the feloniness of it. You know, it's like, oh yeah, we're gonna clone how the fuck did how the fuck did they clone, you know, the emperor? Okay. I can just see it feloni like, okay, well let me figure it out. And just like the geniusness of that, right? Like that's like what I feel like is happening. It's like it's almost like Okay, here's the concept. Okay, so like in t- instead of us showing it, let's figure it out first, and then we'll show it, and then we'll give you the answer, the, the question that goes with the answer of this stupid, this stupid concept. Um, and I know that sounds like super tiring to people, and maybe it is, but for my lizard brain, that fucking works. I love it. Like I love it. I'm like, what the fuck is going on? Like the like the whole like when they started the car chase with the Germans, and the Joker and the thief came on, and I was like. Now, there has to be some kind of fucking meaning behind the song, but it's a banger of a song and it works for me because like we've gotten to this point to where I want an action scene. I want something fun and to see a nun and a dude, a Marble Man dude, jump a goddamn ramp into a, a donut hole. Or you're not you're not of a donut. you're not you're not off base with your thinking about the, the song. <laughs> it's OK. okay. It. it When you're watching it and in the first episode alone, it does feel like, like, oh, are they saying something? And then you're like, oh, no, this is just like, it's a song. It's like, oh, it's a pop popular song choice to use. Mm -hmm. You know, it's a fairly big hit and it works for like the 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 scene to to get you like pumping and like it's it's a good song. But then like by the end of the scene you're just like oh no yeah it, it there was not a, a deeper meaning to the song choice by episode four the, like i said not nothing that you think it is what the fuck it is <laughs> like every <laughs> everybody is playing multiple multiple roles deep like everybody is an agent smith like you know the way you're talking about all these these ancillary characters that you only see for a second feel like NPCs in a game, but, but it's deeper than that. Like the, the main characters themselves are also kind of NPCs and not who you think they are. And like, it it just keeps getting deeper and deeper and deeper and deeper and deeper. And And you haven't even met, um, uh, what's that dude's name? Uh, the, from Silicon Valley, uh, that guy, this guy, um, you yeah. don't meet him till the second episode, and like it, it's it's just I um I'm so excited to I was I was telling my friend Jess we uh, podcasted about Ted Lasso last night, and I was okay. like very briefly I was like I, I'm always giving her new shows to like add to her list that she never has time to watch. I was like this is a show. It is not mr robot where it's like this is it is very deep and intelligent but not in a straight laced dramatic way it is deeply in deep and intelligent in a very stupid fucking way i said but this it's time it shows like this where i miss my brother the most because like from episode one i would have called ryan and be like hey man watch this call me back like literally watch it immediately call me back when you're done and then, like, this is something we're going to talk about week to week. Like, we would have been podcasting about this show from the jump. Like, the minute we both watched the first episode. And it it's just, 
it's so good. I'm so excited for you to get to the second episode, which gets into a lot of the backstory about her specifically, a little bit about uh, her pseudo, uh, her cowboy friend. Um, but then the third episode, I I didn't rewatch the third episode three times because of like big. There are some big revelations, but there's mm-hmm. so much going on in the third episode that, like, every time I would try to watch the fourth episode, I was like, I feel like I missed something. And I would have to go back and watch the third episode again. <laughs> but, like, the, specifically the setting of the third episode, and since you're going to continue, I, I was going to, like, if you hadn't watched it, I was going to, like... Look, man, here's the setting of the third episode, and this is why you uh-huh. have to watch this show. But since you will get there, I'm not going to tell you what it is. Um, but it, it, it's just, there's so much going on, man. Like, I could spend two to three hours just going through and dissecting each episode, but then, like, each successive episode makes me want to go back and revisit. The previous episodes to be like what what did I think was happening versus what is really happening and now is that even really happening like it, it is insane man how it, it just it, it doesn't make me second guess myself in a way that makes me feel stupid it just makes me appreciate what they're doing like in in a very like Donnie Darko-ish like a uh, memento kind of way, but like just with dumb shit. <laughs> yeah, no, like, and what, and to your point, like, and um, I feel like this is like the perfect, uh, perfect way to stop because I do want to have more conversations about this as I watch it. So I feel like this is like, like, I feel like this is something that we definitely like, you know, we need to talk about this more. Like, I feel like this is something that, once we get, I get caught up again. I can, we can have, we can reapproach it. Oh, I, I there's think it will of... be a week to week discussion. There, there will yes. be a 45 minutes of this podcast every week. Once you're caught up, that will, or, or just going forward. And even when you're caught yeah. up, it will be us talking about Mrs. Davis and how fucking like, can you believe that? Like now it's this and, and like what we thought was going on in episode one, like turns out it's this or episode two, it turns out it's this. Like it's it's crazy, man. Anyway, sorry I interrupted no, you. No, 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 no. Absolutely. Like I'm like your enthusiasm for this has rubbed off on me. And then after I saw the first episode, I'm like, fuck. Not only is this beautifully shot and beautifully realized, and like a huge budgeted show, but it's the kind of what the fuck the specialness. The thing <laughs> with the jam. Like where they're Holy selling shit. the jam, and it's like, yes, what the fuck just happened? <laughs> yes, like, the, there's this, like there's an explosion, but it's literally centered around some dude up on the hill, like mirroring a light into some jars, massive jars of jam that just heat them up and explode them, and like instead of blood and guts everywhere, it's just strawberry jam all over the place. Yeah. And then proceeds to have a um, a, a chase. Yeah. Um, 
that the mirror comes in handy for the guy that actually did the uh, did the deed. Um, it's fucking wild. Like it's just it's wild, but it's like it's wild with expert direction and writing and performance. Like, like uh, I I cannot say this enough, but um, Betty Gelpin as the lead is kind of fucking amazing. Like what she's asked to do and how she approaches it. Like, like there's very few people that can be that nimble. Yeah. It, it, it is like, I think I talked about this when I talked first talked about it. It's like when Harrison Ford uh, was playing Han Solo by like empire, he was, he he was very eye rolly, not in not like in the scenes, but like behind the yeah. cameras. Like it's pretty openly known. He was very eye rolly about the. He's like nobody fucking talks like this. This shit is ridiculous. But like he yeah. did it. He sold it. He went with it. Th- this is the kind of thing that Harrison Ford would read the script and like he'd be like, "What the fuck? I'm not. No, I'm not doing this." <laughs> like it yeah. takes a very <laughs> special kind of talent it's why the the one of the first people you see besides her is fucking margo martindale because it takes somebody with that kind of talent to sell like you have to be somebody who can sell anything and not just anything at any particular time but anything in every like it's everything everywhere all at once you know you have to be able to sell ridiculousness with seriousness and drama, with comedy and stupidity, with intelligence. You have to be able to sell all of that at once. It's a fucking... I cannot imagine what she, like, has to go through. Because, like, you haven't even gotten to... It's her kind of in a Tom Cruise action mode in episode Mm -hmm. one. With mm-hmm. some of the like ridiculousness, um, there there's a lot of emotional stuff that comes into play in two, three, and four. Okay, okay. So we get into her having to sell um very fucking emotional beats that are set so stupidly that I I'm just like <clears throat> she's not she's not going to get the recognition that she deserves. This is I am my personal opinion. And, and I said this for seasons about Tatiana Maslany and orphan black, um, because did. she was I selling remember. multiple performances, but those were, yep. that was across different characters. She is doing that work in one fucking character. And she is not going to get the recognition that she deserves because it's so such an off the wall thing that is on a streaming service that not enough people are watching. Like, you know, it's not going to get the attention it deserves specifically her, her performance will not get the attention it deserves, but it is fucking brilliant. There's nobody on television putting in a performance like her because in four episodes, she has had to do Every single fucking thing, like every comedy, drama, like the the, just spread of emotion she has to do. It's insane. 
nobody's doing anything like that in any other show. I like, you know, now you make me super excited for the, for the next, um, for the, for, for the next episode. So, um, we will report back on this because like, like I said, like it's definitely an evolving thing and you just getting like, you telling me this gets me just more excited about it. Like, and again, like it wasn't ever anything about like, I wasn't going to watch it. Like it was just literally like finding the right time where my, because. Especially uh, when they drop four episodes from the jump of an hour long show. It's just like, and now I got four hours to catch up on. Um, Yeah. And if it's, it's hard to make the time for that. (laughs) Well, and it's even hard to make the time for something that you want to make sure that, your brain has the capacity to take. And that's part of the, like, part of, like, like, I I don't want to call it conditional watching, but there is a certain amount of things that, there's a certain amount of shows that, when you look at it, it, it's a mountain to climb because you want to give it its best shot. And that's the thing, ultimately, that I wanted to do, was give it its best shot. And I did. And it works for me. Because it's the kind of smart, but, like you said, it's like, like it's the best possible thing. It's like it's stupid concepts, but brilliantly executed, um, in a way where you don't know what the ride. It's almost like it's almost like a um, like a roller coaster in the dark. You just have to trust that the tracks are going to take you to some place that you're going to enjoy. And even if you don't enjoy it because it's panic inducing, there's a joy in the panic. And I'm not talking about like you know this is not an anxiety inducing show. It's just the way that it haphazardly you think that it haphazardly is going it's like it feels like there's a purpose to it there's so oftentimes when they do this kind of stuff it doesn't feel like there's purpose but this definitely feels like purpose because there's a sincerity and a commitment to every single part of it and i love that and you know give me build a world and Show me what you have and show me the kind of muscles you can flex narratively. And I'm for it. Like, you know, is it, and I will continue to do this. I will continue to watch it as long as you guys kind of keep on with this. And I mean, like, this is the kind of thing that I feel like, and I know this sounds bad because I'm, I'm being a little bit dour on it, but I almost feel like it's not sustainable for an extended period of time. Like, we we will probably at our best we'll probably get three or four seasons of this, but that's not a bad thing. I'd much rather oh, no, it no, no, be. No. This is this is not a. I don't want to say not sustainable because of just it's it's not sustainable because like you you don't want to do this because you're going like the snake is already eating its tail. Like, yes. you, you cannot extrapolate that out into six or seven. I, I mean, honestly, three seasons, like, much like like the shows that I have been passionate about in the last mm-hmm. 10 or 12 years, Mr. Robot maybe being the biggest one. Like, yes. I, I mean, that was a show Ryan and I were we were on it from the jump. And I, I very early on, we talked about like, how long do you think this can go? And by the second season, uh, Sam Asmail had already said like, hey, yeah, I, I, we have a plan. There is an end. Like, I, mm-hmm. like as, assuming we don't get canceled early because of X, Y, Z, like we want to get to uh, four seasons or five seasons or you, you're like that. That's the plan. You know, uh, Ted Lasso. 
by season, by the end of season one, the main creators of that show were like, we have a three-year plan. That's what we have. And not saying it can't be revisited somewhere or there can't be some, like, offshoot or something, but, like, we, that, this is our plan. Like, if the show is a moderate hit for Peacock, by season one, like, Lindelof and Hernandez, like, I can see them very much stepping in maybe even before then and going like, Hey, yeah. Like, so we, we have enough like here for three seasons, like that, that's what we've got. And that's all it should be. And, you know, three, 10 or 12 episode seasons. And that that's sustainable, you know? Um, yeah, yeah, it's not a show that I I could see going uh, by six or seven, like, like supernatural, you know, like who the yeah, fuck wants to watch them chase around demons for tw- or ghosts or werewolves or what, for tw- for twenty fucking seasons? Like it, no man, like it, it's not sustainable because at some point it just like it's already a parody of itself to begin with, but like you're parodying the parody, which honestly is kind of what I'm saying about like by the time you get to episode four. Like, oh, we're already, mm-hmm. like we're already into like, oh, the shit you thought was going on in episode one. Ha ha. Like that none of that was true. Or not not <laughs> true, but just none of it was what you thought it was. So yeah. like it, it's like you can't sustain that for even five or six years, you know. No, like I, I you can three, barely do it for two. Yeah. Three seasons, I think, would be, like, great. Like, and honestly, it could be a one-and-done thing. Like, they could have, like, a beginning, middle, and end for this. And that's just that. And that would be fine, too. Like, 12 episodes of, like, something of a complete story. Like, that that's fine, too. But, uh, but yeah, like, I, I'm, I'm with you there. Like, this is not a... Like as sitcommy as it can kind of feel and funny as it can be, it's not something that'll that'll last ten or twelve years. Even if it was on mainstream television, like it's not Law and Order SVU, you know, it's not a story of the week kind of thing. So, um, no, absolutely, and like you know, I I, I kind of like like I said, I'm in the bag for it, and I feel like they they you know. They have both, respectively, Lindelof and, and Hernandez, have been through enough of this this particular industry to understand this. So I feel like they know that they have a time frame, which is fine. Like, I'm okay with that. Like, I'm okay with one season or two seasons as long as the quality doesn't dip and they land the ending, whatever the ending is. Uh, so we will keep you guys posted because, like, yeah, this is definitely a great show and hopefully – Hopefully you're, you're you're compelled to watch it because man, like I'm compelled. So um, it just we, gets it gets better and weirder. <laughs> I can't <laughs> wait. <laughs> yes, I can't wait either. Like I, I'm very excited about this. Um, but uh, with that, I think it's like a pretty good place to close up, right? I mean, oh, yeah, next week yeah, is gone. Next week's is uh, next week is Guardians. So we'll so, have a whole discussion about that. Uh, or? I, 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 I'll I uh, ambush you on the podcast. Um, okay, no worries. So uh, I have now made plans to go see Guardians on Saturday in Chattanooga with Spencer and Ezra. So, okay. so. <laughs> <laughs> um, either we can uh, skip next week or I should be good 
Sunday late afternoon evening if you are available to record then. But I mean, we can play it by ear too. So yeah, let let um. I'm good with that. Um, I'm also good with like, we could try to do it in the week so that you're not rushing home because I mean, if anything, I know like that, the, the drive home on Sunday is always the worst. So I don't want to put you on a timetable. So why don't we, why don't we talk about it through this week? But I mean, you know, know that we're going to, I mean, that's the next episode will be like a guardians discussion, whether it comes in uh, a week or two weeks. (laughs) So absolutely. Cause I mean, you know, uh, I mean, like, like this is going to be a big discussion anyway. So, you know, absolutely. Like, let, like I'm, I'm totally hyped for you to see it uh, in that, in that way, because are you going to get to see it early? Uh, no, no, no. I, uh, I, sucks, I'm not man. on that dis. I'm not on that Disney press. But that's okay. I mean, I'm going to see it on Friday. I mean, yeah. I'm going to see it on in the biggest. Like the thing is, is that I feel like, like if I'm going to see this, I want to see this with a general paying audience. Yeah. I want that energy. Yeah. Um. I'm. I'm not. They're going to be way more receptive to it. Than, I mean, exactly. not the critics aren't, but like, I mean, not to tip the hand, but like. The, the reviews have started coming in and it does feel very mixed. So, um, but that, those are the ones that you're right. You do want to see with the audience that the fucking movie is made for. Cause yes. like, there's nothing worse than like a big exciting moment. And then like you're in there with a bunch of people who are just not really into it. And you're just like, well, yeah. You know, when Captain America catches Thor's hammer, man, I kind of want everybody in the fucking audience to just be like, oh, my God, (laughs) you know, exactly. No, no, you're absolutely right. I don't want the groan of an of a critics review, a a critics screen. I want the raw rawness of of a of a like an audience that is work like that is been watching these things for 10 years. Like, I don't want like, you know, it's like the critics are so kind of like blippy about shit like and i know what the like so like they, here's the thing they are definitely burned Chris out Pratt. on the marvel shit yeah. <laughs> so well not just the marvel shit but i guarantee you most of them have their knives out for chris pratt and you oh, know yeah. what i i'm not i'm not saying that that's a good I thing or a bad it? thing i'm just saying ah, but, i get it i mean yeah. I, I mean but at the same time, like I can separate, like I am an adult like, and I can separate between. <laughs> I like Star Lord <laughs> and I want, I want him to like, you know, come out of this. Okay. <laughs> so. Exactly. I mean, I want Rocket to come out. Okay. I'm very worried about these things. Like that's why I'm not watching. I'm not reading any reviews because I know that the knives are out because they're going to pop. I guarantee you the critics what they're saying is it's too much emotion. It's too maudlin. It's too like, Oh, well, you know, the, the happy ending or the not so happy ending, whatever it is, it's the emotions. I guarantee you because they're so sick of Chris Pratt. They're so sick of Marvel. They're so sick of everything. Like, yeah, it's definitely a film that will try to have its cake and eat it too. Like, Oh yeah. But like, I'm I'm not, I'm not going to begrudge James Gunn. Any of these actors are this friend, this, very specific franchise as as much as i've been mixed on it on guardians films anyway i'm not gonna begrudge these characters in this like their moment of having their cake and of being a big dumb fun action movie and also like really really emotional like i'm just not gonna begrudge it like i'm 
I went into the first Guardians movie thinking it was going to be the greatest film I'd ever seen. And I walked out going like, well, that wasn't what I thought it was going to be. I went into the second film going like, yeah, I didn't really love the first film. So maybe this will be okay. And walked out going like, eh, I really kind of like that one. And then, you know, now I'm just in a place where like, I just want, I want it to just be okay. Like, and so if I come out with it, oh yeah, that one's okay. I'll, I'll be happy. If it comes out yeah, better than no, that, I, I'll absolutely. be fucking ecstatic and over the moon of, you know, just like, oh no, that was great. You know? Absolutely. And like, you know, um, like I, I just, I, I just want, I, I just want it. I want unpure, diluted, like James Gunn. I want him to be able to finish what he started. Um, and like in the way that he wants to finish it, because like, I think that, I think that we for like, we too often think that we want it to end the way that we want it to end. And I'm not, I'm not for that. I'm all about like letting go and going, you know what guys, let's just let, let's let him tell the story that he wants to tell. Like, you know, and he's said, this is like all three of these movies are specifically the things that he, and the Christmas special are all the way that he wanted to tell the story. And to me, that just means that he had it from the beginning. So like, let's let him end it. Let's let him like stick the ending in and whatever the ending is. And he's always said, this is the thing is that, and this is what I'm, I, I've been thinking about is, is that he's said at the end of the day, this is kind of like Star Wars where it's like, it's not really about Luke. It's it's the story is told by Rocket, and yeah. I feel like this is the this is the movie that we've been leading up to. And I feel like whatever James Gunn said and told Brad Cooper and convinced him, who at the time was one of the biggest stars in the world, to yeah, just do a voice. to the point like Vin Diesel, you can kind of see because he wants to be part of so many things. Um, even yes. though he was a huge star too at the time, but yeah, Bradley Cooper very specifically, like when they're like Bradley Cooper is going to play Rocket Raccoon, we all were collectively like, what? <laughs> like, yeah, how do you get Bradley we were, Cooper to agree to do this? <laughs> I mean, and I guarantee you, it was James Gunn pitching him the arc of Rocket yeah. because. We haven't seen it yet. We don't know, but we've gotten indications that this is like, you know, this is like, we're going to finally find out like, but we know Rocket's origins, but the group as a whole doesn't understand. Like there was a brief, like there's a brief moment in part one that I feel is like the key, the whole thing of being torn apart over and over and over again, like, and the pain, like, I feel like they talk, they touch on a little bit in the second movie too. Um, Yes, yeah, like going deep into the woods on all that and the high evolutionary stuff and high mm-hmm. evolutionary does have ties to Adam Warlock. Um, so, yeah, it's going to be really interesting to see um, how they they deal with with all of that, um, because the second movie does deal so much with like Peter's trauma and like his yeah. family and all of that um i'm i'm curious like drax has kind of gotten a conclusion to his you know because thanos wiped out his his family but like 
like has Drax put all that behind him? Like, you know, and then you also have Gamora who is not the Gamora we knew. Like she's, yes. she's someone who hasn't had any of that closure because the Gamora we knew her closure was death. You know, her father yeah. killed her. And then you have Nebula who didn't have uh, the closure of like the, her quote father that took her apart and put her back together is now dead. But like now her sister isn't the sister she had. And like this new found family, like it's also like kind of were, were her enemies. Like it, the, yeah, th- there's a lot to explore there. And, and if the film, it does wind up being over stuff, it'll be because there's so many things to explore. So, but anyway, yeah, we'll we'll dive into all of that on the next episode. Like I said, e- either in a week or two weeks or uh, whenever it is. I'm excited to talk about it. But uh, no, yeah. absolutely, absolutely. Um, and we will we will see. Um, I had a I had a um, a cameo ruined for me. Um, oh, of a very sucks, very man. big. Yeah, a very, very, very big actor, and I won't say the gender because it might reveal it, but there's a very big actor in the movie that I didn't realize was in the movie. And then I was like, what? Well, that makes sense, but what the fuck are they playing? And I don't want to know anymore. I just know that they're in the movie. But it's all to say, like, everything that I've I've seen was like, I was like, I want to stay away from this. I want to yeah. watch it. I, like, even the soundtrack. Like I've not listened to the the I don't even know what tra- other than the things that have been on the trailers I don't know any of the music yeah. that they're the needle drops and I don't want to know like I I I want to wait. It's gonna be more fun to hear them in the movie. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Um. Uh. So yeah, we're gonna definitely have a discussion. Um. I'm gonna ask one little 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 thing is that if you like. Could we get like five minutes of Ezra talking about about oh, Guardians yeah, I, and I, just I Guardians in general? I absolutely plan on taking uh, my equipment with me and uh, like giving uh, Spencer and Katie maybe a little break. And well, I mean, if Spencer wants to join, of course, but like uh, hopefully yeah. me and Ezra are, like uh, recording another brief podcast. We're supposed to do one about Mario Brothers, but the timing never really worked out. Um, and I, I feel like he's not quite on the like Skype level of like understanding like, <laughs> that kind of thing. So yeah. uh, much uh-huh. more like recording in person thing. So yeah, I, okay. we I, I plan on it. I haven't broached the topic with Spencer, but like uh, all I got to do is be like Ezra, you want to podcast after we see the movie, and I, it'll be a hundred percent in. So I'm sure. So so yeah, absolutely. And uh, I, okay. I'll. I'll make sure that goes up on X-Wing Files and, we'll, you know, it'll be out there. Yeah. So, Good, uh, good, good. Because uh, I'm, like, I'm just as excited about that. <laughs> like, as soon yeah. as you said Ezra and, and Spencer, I was like, oh, man, they got to have another podcast about this. Because yeah, that, that's kind of that, one of the great. When he was like, you should come, you want to come up and see it with us? I was like, oh, yeah, and it would be so great to, to talk for 20 minutes with Ezra about it afterwards. So, um, cause I, I had so much fun uh, that birthday podcast. So, which if yeah. anybody hasn't heard, go over to xwingfiles.com, look for the last, uh, episode of boring conversation anyway. And it's me and Spencer and Ezra talking about just my birthday weekend and watching the OG Ninja Turtles movie. So, 
um, which I also and, wrote about over at Adam's website. Yes, themovieout.com, where you can read my work and the work of uh, Log- Logan doing the doing the good Lord's work. Uh, Clark, Clark's um, is coming to you today. So, okay. All right. Volume all right, 37. <laughs> Appropriately titled yeah. In a Row. Um, <laughs> oh, that's great. That is great. Oh, I love it. I love it. And if you guys don't know what he's talking about, watch Clerks. Just watch yeah. the original and you'll, you'll, completely, uh, you'll completely understand. Uh, where can they find you online uh, this uh, week? Xwingfiles.com. <laughs> um, I, I, you know, I used to kind of plug Twitter, but like, I just don't, I don't even go on there to look at anything anymore. I kind of feel bad because like, it's still such a, a platform for promoting things, but like, I don't, I just, it's like, it's dumpster fire. Man. Yeah. I, I kind of hope it just dies in whatever yeah. new thing. Like I just, I guess I should get on Instagram and TikTok, but I'm just not doing it. I stopped with Twitter and and my 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 Facebook. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, but or and MySpace. Uh, everybody loved MySpace back in the day, right? Dude, if it wasn't MySpace so could make a comeback, man, that would be so great. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, com. Yes, and uh, there's a new Ted uh, a Pod Lasso episode that just dropped recently. So mm-hmm. please listen to that because that that's actually really good stuff. Um, I I listened to the I've I've gotten through the first five. It's t- it's tough because like you know there's just so many so many hours in the day. But I'm digging what you guys are doing. Um, I love I it. That. Um, so no, absolutely, absolutely, man. Um, yeah, there's one thing then, we like, did a couple of weeks ago that uh, we need to do soon. And that's when okay. we stole Brett Goldstein's uh, movies to be buried with. I Spencer and oh. I did it in boring conversation anyway last year after we oh. discovered oh. Brett Goldstein's podcast. And then uh, I told I turned Jess on the Brett Goldstein's podcast, and yes. she's like, "Oh, I love it!" And it's films to be buried with. And I I I plugged the idea of like she was like, "Ah, oh, yeah, I heard you and Spencer do this." Uh, thing to answer the questions so my answers are out there her answers are out there spencer's are out there and i think at some point we just need to do an episode where i we do the questions my answers are out there but like you and i and you you give your answers because i i would love to hear yours so at some point okay. we get we've got to fit that in it's gonna be difficult until after summer because there's a lot of shit we're gonna be watching but uh, it may be by the end of summer when things die down, that's something we can squeeze in. No, absolutely. I would totally be up for that. Um, I already know what movie, too. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yeah, to further plug Adam's stuff, uh, the polite society, if you are all interested in polite society, but like, eh, maybe not go read his review. I think it it highlights some things we didn't really get to dive deep into. It, it's definitely um it's a movie I wouldn't have gone to see if not for seeing your review and also seeing Scott's positive like hey it's playing in Columbus I love this movie if you're you know if you want if you want to see something that isn't you know traditional mainstream shit go see this 
And so if it hadn't been for y'all, I probably would have went and saw Guy Ritchie's The Covenant, which I hear is also good, <laughs> but like is very much feels like the thing that it is. Like I saw the trailer and I was like, oh yeah, I know exactly what this movie is. And I heard it's good, but yes, it is exactly what you think it is. So, um, but yeah, we'll be back uh, soon talking about Guardians of the Galaxy. Um, go write and review us uh, on iTunes or wherever you're getting your podcast. And, uh, uh, you know, we'll be back talking Guardians. Absolutely. Talk to you guys soon. Number four, Mario. Number five, Weird Al. Number six, Batman. Number seven, Cal Al. Number eight, The Simpsons. Number nine, TV. Number ten, every single band that I stole all their MP3s. But they're really all sold out. See it all together if you with me now.